We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Notre Dame fans, welcome back to another edition of the Irish Breakdown Podcast. This is edition number two here on Thursday, May 13th. My name is Brian Driscoll. I'm the publisher at irishbreakdown.com. And tonight we're going to talk about quarterback recruiting. We're going to talk about 2023 quarterback recruiting. So this is going to talk, we're going to talk about uh, the importance of quarterback in this class, the overall 2023 class. I'm going to talk a little bit about Tommy Reese. I'm going to talk about what I'm looking for. Then we're going to go over a list of 12 players that I believe that that are on Notre Dame's radar from some dig the, some digging that I have done, some sources that I've talked to. We're going to talk about the offered kids, and we're going to kind of go in the list of it's not an official my ranking standpoint because I haven't graded all the quarterbacks yet, but it's you know just kind of off my gut, my initial breakdowns of these players. I've watched a lot of film of quarterbacks the last few days. Sort of my list of where the players stand, and so. We're going to do that now and uh, and dive through it. So it's going to be sort of podcast form. It's going to be difficult for me to get to questions during the podcast. So the only way I can see all the questions that, that are really, really need to get uh, addressed during the show is if you do a super chat. When we're done with the podcast, I will then go through and, and address all the questions that, that y'all have. So uh, we're gonna we're gonna talk a lot about this. I'm gonna like I said, I'm gonna go through the quarterbacks and we're gonna watch some film, have some fun. And and part of this is gonna be me trying to explain what I look for when I'm breaking down quarterback film. First from a highlight standpoint and then from a game film standpoint. Cause I've always found, even when I was a coach, that I like doing both. I would always watch the highlights first just to kind of get a feel, just an overall feel for what a kid can do. 
you you can learn a lot uh, initially about from highlights and then to really get a feel for what the kid can do you watch game film i haven't watched game film of all the kids on this board so again this is a this is a very early overview of what i see from these kids and and when i've seen game film obviously i'll have a much better feel so let's let's really dive into 2023 quarterback recruiting so the first thing that stands out to me is this is a huge year for Notre Dame when it comes to recruiting quarterbacks for a number of reasons. Number one, Notre Dame needs to start building a pipeline when it comes to strong quarterbacks. You're never going to be in a situation where you land, in my opinion, an elite quarterback every single year. You have to land players, however, that can can compete for you, that if you put enough talent around them, you can go win with. And then every second or third year, if you can land an elite game-changer quarterback, that's that's where you want to be. And if you go look at Alabama, there's been plenty of quarterbacks that Alabama has signed that were highly ranked that didn't pan out, guys that were not highly ranked that didn't pan out, guys that were highly ranked that panned out, and guys that didn't pan out, the guys that weren't highly ranked that did pan out, Mac Jones being the most, most recent example. You know, Clemson's not signing five stars every year. Ohio State's not signing five stars every year. So it's not about getting – the number one player every year. It's about in every two or three years, you have to be able to get a difference maker quarterback. Notre Dame, in my opinion, has has is getting close to being there where they need to be when it comes to quarterback recruiting. It started with Drew Pine, who I'm a lot higher on than most people. Then obviously Tyler Buckner comes along. He's an elite quarterback. Steve Angeli is not that kind of guy, but he's a good depth player with some tools you can build around. This year, you have to be able to go out and get an elite player. The second reason why this is a big year for Notre Dame is not just from its own depth chart standpoint and Notre Dame's need to go out and and to to build it up. For me, this is also about it's such a it's such a deep year quarterback that if you're Notre Dame, you can't miss on top guys. And even if it's not necessarily a, a top 10, you know, everybody's gonna want to talk about Arch Manning kind of guy. It's about getting a guy that you can go win with. And there's this is a unique class, and it's kind of like Tyler Buckner's class in that you could get the seventh or eighth best quarterback in the country and get a guy that you can go win a title with if you're recruiting well in other places. And so Notre Dame needs to take advantage. And I view this 2023 class, and I was talking with with uh, somebody from SL America tonight, and I, and I made this statement just to see what his response would be. And I said, the 2023 class already is way better than the 22 class. And, and he agreed. So this is a great year for Notre Dame. I think we're going to learn a lot about Tommy Reese as a quarterback recruiter. I think Tommy has done a good job. Obviously got Drew Pine, got Tyler Buckner. I don't I don't know if Notre Dame handled this pandemic year overly, overly well, but I also am somewhat understanding of it because it was such a weird year and it's not a great quarterback class in 2022. So they got a kid that they that they like. They feel he's a high floor guy. Maybe Steve Angeli doesn't have the ceiling of a Tyler Buckner, for example, but they like him as a high floor guy. He's got a, a nice body. So now the pressure is on in 2023, and I think this is where we're going to really see what kind of, of of quarterback recruiter Tommy Reese is. And I think that now that he's the offensive coordinator, it's only going to help his ability to go out there and and sell to these kids because he can say, hey, look, here's what the offense is going to look like. Well, how do you know? Because I'm running the offense. So this is, this is going to be a big year. Now, where Notre Dame is with recruiting right now, they've only thrown out three offers. They've thrown out an offer to Dante Moore from Detroit. They've thrown out an offer to Arch Manning from Louisiana, and they've thrown out an offer to Malachi Nelson. 
We're not going to talk about Malachi Nelson tonight because right now Notre Dame is recruiting him, but he's not a guy that I believe is really on the radar for Notre Dame from a him his interest in Notre Dame. Uh, they've talked to him. There's some reception, but I think most people in the industry believe that this is a USC-Oklahoma battle and Notre Dame is sort of on the back burner. If Malachi Nelson decides he wants to take a visit to Notre Dame before his July commitment, then we'll talk about him. But right now, he's not a guy that I'm going to spend a whole lot of time talking about. So we're going to talk about the 12 guys on the board that I believe Notre Dame has interest in or are guys that Notre Dame has an opportunity uh, to go out and get as this process unfolds. Now, right now, I said they have three offers. I expect more offers to go be thrown out. Notre Dame, what I like about what Notre Dame is doing in this recruiting class is they've gone after some early d- elite players. You know, Dante Moore, in my opinion, is a five-star sophomore. And those don't come along very often. Arch Manning is an outstanding talent. Uh, Malachi Nelson's an outstanding talent. But what I do like about this is even though they're being a little picky early on with offers, they're recruiting a lot of quarterbacks. So Tommy Reese has been very active recruiting 2023 quarterbacks. So it's just because kids don't have offers doesn't mean they're not on Notre Dame's radar. Doesn't mean that they're not talking to guys. We've talked to players like um, uh, Nico. I'm going to try to get it. Ia Maliava uh, from California. We've talked to Ricky Collins. All the, A lot of these guys have heard from Notre Dame. So Tommy Reese has been very active recruiting 2023 quarterbacks, even though not a lot of guys have offers. I expect that Notre Dame to try to make a push to get more 2023 quarterbacks on campus this summer to sort of v- evaluate who that next guy is, who's that next level of offers and, and guys that have interest. I think it's also a great opportunity if you can get guys on campus this summer to work out, it's going to say a lot about their interest in you. So that's another thing about camps. Camps aren't always about, well, you know, we need to see him work out to really like them. A lot of times getting a kid on campus is about, okay, if you're willing to come work out for us, that says a lot about your value, your opinion of us as a program. And I think that's another reason why Notre Dame is going to want to try to get some of these kids on campus this summer. So I expect Notre Dame to push to get a lot of these 2023 quarterbacks on campus to work them out in person, to see them in person, to see their body, to see how the ball comes out of their hand, and then also to evaluate them as young men. So we're going to get an opportunity uh, to, to go through this and and break down these kids as, as we go through. And like I said, in tonight's show, there's going to really be 12 kids on the radar. We're going to focus more on the top-level kids, but we're going to get into a little bit of film of all of them. So as we look at evaluating quarterbacks, just so you kind of have an idea of, of what I'm looking for before we dive into the 12 players we're going to discuss tonight. Number one, you always look at the, the easy thing, size, body, frame. You know, what kind of height does a kid have? What kind of build does he have? What kind of, of frame does he have from the standpoint of, okay, is a kid a bigger kid with a little bit of a pudgy body that you can reshape, or has he just got a bad body? Does he have a skinny body that you can't put weight on? Does he have a skinny body, but he's got big hands, big feet, broad shoulders, so you know he's going to fill out? You look at all those types of things. You look at his strength. There's a bit of play with you know, so, sort of a, you know, can he, can he handle getting hit? Can he bounce off hits? All those things factor into that. There's arm strength, which just refers to sheer power and ease of power. So for example, if a quarterback can drop back and throw a 55 yard post route or a 45 yard downfield throw, and it's just an effortless thing that tells me a lot about his arm power. If a guy can drop back and has to really coil and get a lot on a deep ball, 
and it goes 50, 55 yards, that's not the kind of ideal arm strength I want because it's rare that you're going to be able to drop back in the pocket and really muscle a ball downfield. It limits your ability to attack vertically when you when a quarterback has to have a lot of effort that goes into his deep throw. So that's what I look for when it comes to arm strength. The mechanics are next. I look for you know his motion and his release. I look for if his motion is short, is it long, is it compact? Can he can he adapt his motion to different angles if needed? Is there a level of consistency with his release point? Uh, what is his footwork like in the pocket? Does he does he throw as one fluid motion or is it very mechanical where it's plant, then set, then throw? Uh, those are the type of things I look for. Um, but uh, that 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 factors in the mechanics and. Release isn't something that I often will say you have to change it, but I do think there are things that you can do to say there's some things you need to do to work on his his how he handles the ball in the pocket when he drops. Is there a lot going on when he's when he's going through his motion? There's one quarterback in particular that that I says got a he's got a lot going on, uh, and uh, those are the things that I look at when I when I when I talk about mechanics. Does he use his core or is he just an arm thrower? Those are things I look for effectiveness is the next category that refers to accuracy. Accuracy is not completion percentage. Accuracy is your ability to put the ball where it needs to be, which sometimes means back shoulder, sometimes means high, sometimes means low. It's more about ball placement as opposed to your completion percentage. Um, I, I look at touch versus power. Can a guy throw the ball with power? Uh, can he? Does he always throw with power? Does he also have the ability to throw with touch? When he throws with touch, does it require him to slow everything down? Or can he speed things up? Can he alter his his uh, his his release point? Those type of things. Effectiveness also refers to his ability to go through his progressions and, and, and throw with anticipation and timing. Next is his pocket presence. That means movement in the pocket. It means footwork. It means avoiding the rush. Feel for the rush. Can you? Does he know when to spin out, when to step up, when to climb? Uh, does he keep his eyes downfield when the rush comes? Does he kind of start looking at the rush? Those are the things you look for. Athletic ability factors into that in the pocket, but also can he throw on the run? Can he avoid? Can does he have quick enough feet to avoid? Can he make plays with his legs in the pass game? And can he be a designed runner? And then the last part is intangibles. That's about production, game management, poise, injury history, things along those lines. So that's really when I break down these quarterbacks. Those are the categories that I look for. If you're if you want to start watching more quarterback film, those are the things that I would encourage you to look for. So let's dive into Notre Dame's 2023 quarterback board. So right now, these are the 12 kids that we're going to be talking about tonight. You can see that there's two kids from Louisiana, which I find interesting. A lot of quarterbacks in California this year. So and, and kids from all over the country. We have some Mid-Atlantic players. This is the this is the board. The top two players on this board on the left, Dante Moore, Arch Manning, both have offers. Um, those are guys that, that obviously we'll, we'll, we'll dive into first. And then you have Nico Iamaliaba from California. I've been working on that name all day. He is a guy that I wouldn't be surprised if he has an offer somewhat soon. Ricky Collins is a guy that's been on Notre Dame board for a while. Jaden Rashada uh, from California, Braden Dorman, Tad Hudson, Cameron Edge, Avery Johnson, uh, Jay Vance, Taputo Johnson, Kenny Minchie and Jackson Arnold. Those are the 12 names from what I've been able to do, some digging, uh, our guys that are on the board. Malachi Nelson is also on the board, but as I mentioned, we're not going to talk about him tonight. 
So those are the guys that I look at, and, and those are the guys we're going to be talking about tonight. Those are the guys that I think you have an opportunity if you're Notre Dame to really to really focus on. You have to try to get somebody from this group, ideally somebody from the the, the top of this group. But like I said. This is such a good year at quarterback that I believe that Notre Dame doesn't necessarily have to get one of those top guys to, for this to be considered a successful year, meaning they don't need to get Dante Moore, Arch Manning, or, or Malachi Nelson to have a big year. But I do think they need to try to get a guy that has that five-star upside at this point in time. So that's the board right now for Notre Dame. Those are the guys that we're going to be focusing on tonight. And so what I want to do first is I want to go through each of these players uh, and just talk about go pull up their film. We're going to watch this film together, and I'm going to talk through the different things that I like about these players. So the first play player that we're going to talk about is going to be Dante Moore. Dante Moore is from Detroit, Michigan. Uh, he is from King High School. I see a lot of people talking about projections to go to Michigan. I, I believe that Michigan is certainly near the top of his list, as most kids from Detroit are. But but this is a recruitment that I don't believe is locked in this is not a he's definitely going to Michigan a lot of these quarterbacks are going to be leaning somewhere early and most of them are going to be leaning to the school they're at I think that's also why this is a big year for Notre Dame at quarterback and Michigan has not exactly been um, doing a, a bang-up job of producing quarterbacks in recent years either so we're going to we're going to dive into Dante Moore and and go over his film and I'm going to talk to you about what I like about this young man so first let's get the film going and uh, and start watching him First thing I like about, about Dante is you're going to watch. He's got a very quick, snappy release. And you can see it in a lot of these films. He's a young man that can throw off platform when he needs to. Very accurate quarterback. You can watch the ball just jumps out of his hand. You can see here his athleticism on designed runs. He is an athletic kid that can run. What I like about Dante, though, is he's not a runner. He is a guy that can make plays with his legs, but he is a pocket passer. He likes to do damage from the pocket. He likes to do damage with his arm. You can see the ball placement right there. That is really, really good ball placement. And you can just see how he, how quickly he snaps the ball off on this throw. He sees it and he rips it. I love that. I love a quarterback that can see things and rip it. He's not necessarily set in the pocket, but he has to settle up quickly, get the ball out, and just perfectly place it down the field. At the seven-on-seven seven that I saw him at recently, he was his his motion looked a little strange. But on film, uh, this kid has got a great, great release, really good ball placement, nice footwork, and I think that's where his athleticism helps. He can power the ball downfield, but he also shows a lot of touch in the pocket. And you can see it here. This is one of those off-platform throws. I love this. This might be one of my favorite throws. Now, think about this. He's throwing from the 30-yard line. He's got an unblocked edge player screaming right at him. He can't step into this throw at all. He bangs a post route on a line from the 30-yard line as he's about to get hit thrown off of his back foot. This is exceptional arm strength. I think this is a kid that completed 70% of his passes this year, but as I said, it's not so much about the accuracy, the completion percentage, as it is just an exceptional ability to see it and rip it and throw the ball where he wants to. He has great command of the football. He, you know, he's just a guy that he's like a point guard in basketball that can just put the ball wherever he wants in all types of different angles and situations. This is a really, really talented young quarterback. Just let a couple of these clips go through here. I also like him too. He's a very confident 
and I don't want to say cocky because he doesn't present himself as cocky at all. I just, I, I really mean just like he's got a lot of, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm a good quarterback. I can make a lot of throws. I mean, this, this is a great example. When I, when the ball leaves his hand, I'm like, does he not see the free safety? But as you watch it, you can see he puts it perfectly on that guy's back shoulder right between the two different players. This is really, really exceptional ball placement here. That is one heck of a throw for a sophomore to be able to make this kind of throw. And this is from the 40-yard line. And, and watch. Okay, so one of the things I talked about was ease of power. So watch this. This is not Dante doing a full body, full exertion throw. He just snap, He sets his feet. He's got a great base, and he snaps it off about 35 yards in the air on a line between two, two deep defenders. This is really, really good. Really good. This is a talented, talented young quarterback. Let me just show a couple more plays here, and you're going to see what I like about him. His timing is really good for a young player. Now, there's obviously parts of his game that he's got to get better, and his body needs. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed to be built up a little bit he's got a very young looking body he's gonna have to add weight and all those type of things but he's got all the throwing tools and mental tools that you want and just being around him briefly at the columbus camp he, he he's a very intelligent kid very poised and savvy when you consider how young he is and there's an example of him making plays uh, out of the pocket really talented quarterback this is the one. This is another example of he has to he, look. He's dropping normal, but then he's got to quickly set his feet and just snap the ball off unorthodox manner, but right where it needed to be because he sees that guy coming open, gets his guy the ball in space. That is excellent, excellent quarterback work. The economy is made up of real people doing real stuff, and it affects everything, which you obviously know since you're a real person doing real stuff. Marketplace is here to help you get smart about everything beyond the what of the day's business and economic news. We dig into the how and the why with the real people driving our economy. From big tech and interest rates to small businesses and what's happening at the Fed, Marketplace breaks it all down so you don't have to. Listen to Marketplace wherever you get your podcasts. So that is, that is an example of, I mean, you just see some clips there from Dante Moore. Very talented quarterback. He's probably right now my favorite quarterback on this board. He's the kind of guy you say, hey, if, if you could get any quarterback in this class, who would you want to get? Dante Moore would, would be would be the guy that I would want to put at the top of my list. And that includes 
Malachi Nelson and Arch Manning and all those guys. I, I'm a big, big Dante Moore fan as a quarterback. So I think he's a guy that could have a big impact. Next, let's talk about the guy that most people want to talk about, uh, which is which is Arch Manning. So we're, we'll, we'll dive into a little bit of Arch Manning here, and we'll watch some of his film. This clip is a little strange. They do sort of like a, um, in, uh, a cut up. They'll show tight and wide. First thing you see, tall kid, tall, skinny quarterback, nice frame. Quick release. The first thing – I think one of the early things I saw about Arch is you know, he doesn't have a real powerful arm, but neither did his uncle Peyton. I mean, he's he's you can see that ball kind of hangs up a little bit. The ball doesn't really explode out of his hand the way it does some of these other quarterbacks on this board, as you're going to see. What you're going to see from Arch, however, is a kid that's really smart, kid that understands ball placement. There's still work to be done, but he is just a sophomore. His eyes are always working. You can see him in, in, in game film where he's working through progressions. He's making pre-snap calls. You can see him going through it here, gets on the move, throws. He's a, he's a pretty good athlete. He's not a runner, but he can he can move around. He can He's a little bit like Eli in that regards. And obviously, I'm referring to his uncles. There's a really gritty throw. I love the vision there. I love the vision there. But look. You know, I think I think part of the Arch Manning obsession is is the name and and just the the DNA and the genes. But I think that maybe gets him a little bit more hype than than maybe he he should be getting. But make no mistake, he's a very talented quarterback. He's also kind of got the frame that you just you just see him. He's going to fill out. His arm is going to his arm is going to get stronger. You're going to see the ball jump out a little bit. You see how quickly he gets the ball out on that last clip. You know, eyes downfield, find the guys, and and that's a that's a tough throw right there to make. That that requires a, again a lot of talent. Get to some more of these throws. Yeah, these are like I said, these are two two angles of the same play. I tried to find some that weren't that way, but to to no avail. That's good touch there. I mean, you can just watch him kind of going back and forth, making full field reads, trying to find open guys. Good ball placement. He's a talented quarterback. I mean, even if his name was Arch. You know, Arch Jones, and he wasn't related to, you know, three, you know, obviously a grandpa and then two uncles who were who were tremendous quarterbacks. He'd still be considered, in my opinion, a top 50 quarterback. He's a very, very good player. Very good player. Let's watch a couple, a couple here. Kenny, that's a great comment. The Statue of Liberty moves better than Peyton. Very true. That's why I say he's he reminds me his his throwing motion is a little bit like Peyton's. Uh, you know, just kind of from the ear, quick. But he's he's a he's more athletic than uh, he's he's athletically he's more like Eli was. I mean, remember his dad was a wide receiver. His dad was not a quarterback. His dad was a wide receiver to Ole Miss. Again, you see the footwork there. Again, he's not an athlete. He's not going to be running a whole lot, but but he can move. I mean, he can avoid the pressure. He can avoid the rush. Throw the ball well on the run. Team going through his progressions. Nice. Get the ball out quickly. But I mean, when I watch these two kids on film right now, I, I think Dante Moore's the better player. I, I do. I, you know, I, I think he's got the better physical tools. He's the better athlete. He's got the stronger arm. He's got every bit the quickness. I think he's the intelligence is on the same level. You know, just to me, he's a better player. This is you'll never see you know Peyton doing something like that. So again, you know, I, I I've heard that Arch wants to visit Notre Dame. I've seen it reported that he wants to visit Notre Dame. Uh, so we're going to talk about him. But at the end of the day, 
I don't see him being a guy that's 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 Notre Dame's going to be a major player for. And I I understand I understand where Notre Dame is coming from. You know, he's a top quarterback that's willing to talk and willing to listen and you talk to him, but the the thing you have to really think about if you're if you're Tommy Reese and you're you're Brian Kelly and you're you're thinking about quarterback recruiting is like, look, could we pull off the upset if we put everything into it? Maybe. But is it really worth the investment, especially when it's such a loaded quarterback year? I personally would recruit him, but he would not be one of the three or four guys that I recruit the hardest. That's just my my personal opinion. So that's Arch Manning. If you've never seen Arch Manning before, now you 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 know a lot of that stuff is probably going to look familiar to you. You'll you're going to like uh, you're going to like what you see. Very accurate, smart quarterback. Now, the next quarterback on my list is a little bit more raw than those two guys, but this is a kid that I absolutely love. Uh, his name is Nico Iamaliava. I've been working on trying to say that all day today. He's from Downey, California. Goes to Warren High School. Nico is, is right now is is uh, I, I would say if I had to predict right now, I would say he's probably a guy that I would I would be concerned about going to USC. Notre Dame has been on him for a while. Brian Smith talked to him a couple months ago and Notre Dame was talking to him. So, you know, I think he's a guy to me that that is a guy that's on certainly on Notre Dame's radar. And I would not be surprised if if he is one of the next guys to get an offer. So let's check out Nico. And the first thing you're going to see, this kid is huge. He's kind of skinny right now. But he's got a great frame. He's going to fill out, but he's tall and skinny. He's listed between 6'5 and 6'6. Very tall kid, but I absolutely love this kid. Big frame, you know, with the kind of DNA he has, he's going to fill out. But the first thing I want you to look for is he has, as a, as a coach and as an evaluator, when I see a kid that's 6'6 with long arms, I'm concerned about his ability to throw the ball with a compact release. This is the first thing that stood out to me when I watched this kid throw. For a 6'6 kid, look at the arm speed that he goes through this. Now he's got a bit of a long release, which is impossible not to have when your arms are that long. He's like a six, six shooting guard, but watch how fast he gets through the throwing zone. I mean, that is exceptional arm speed. And you can see here too, watch the ball just explode out of his hand. This, he, this kid has tremendous, tremendous arm strength and it's easy. It's easy arm strength. You can just watch him just snap the ball off goes through his progressions. And the thing I like about a lot of these sophomore quarterbacks, and this is going to be more and more as we get in this age of seven-on-seven football, is so many more of these kids can read a defense as sophomores. And and it used to be that that didn't really come along until guys were older. But you can see see it here with with Nico is he's able to go through progressions. He clearly understands football. I've watched a little bit of game film of him. And, you know, this is a kid that understands how to work through progressions, and he doesn't have a ton of experience. But his his arm talent is just really really good. Processes information well. His, his his ball placement needs a little bit of work, but he he understands what he's doing. It's just he's got a he's got to speed it up a little bit. But this is a this is a very talented kid, and I'm a little concerned that he's you know if, if USC misses on Malachi Nelson, which I think they're going to, I think he's going to go to Oklahoma then I have a feeling they're going to turn to Nico and I'm a little concerned that they're going to have a chance to get him because this is a this is a really good quarterback. That right there is an example. You can see it here. Just watch how quickly he gets through the throwing zone. For a long-limbed kid, that is really, really impressive. 
He's got to work a little bit on his footwork, but he's light on his feet, which I like. He's He can run, but he's not a runner, which I also like. He is a passer. He's a passer that can run, and that's what I like about Nico. Plays a lot of swagger. I've watched him get interviewed a couple times. He just seems like a real fun, friendly kid. Competes a lot, goes to a lot of different events. This is a kid that I like, and this is all from one game. This isn't a highlight tape. It's a highlight tape of a game. It's not a season-long highlight tape, so this is all coming from one game. You can see more. This is an example of, you can see it here. Look how long his arms are. I'll show you two again real quick right here. I want you to see this. You can see how long his arms are right there. For a kid with arms that long, it, it can be challenging to, to, number one, have a fast, compact throwing motion. But number two, the other challenge you can have sometimes with long limb quarterbacks, especially at young ages, they have a little bit tougher time repeating their delivery and release point. I do not see that with Nico at all. He is a very compact release. He's very repeatable delivery. His release point is always sharp and on point. He throws a great, great ball. He's a very talented quarterback. Certainly one of my favorite quarterbacks in this class. A lot, a lot of tools. He's ranked as kind of a low top 100 guy. Rivals has him 91st. 247 has him ranked 77th. I would have him, to me, he's a top 50 quarterback. He's a top 50 player, in my opinion. Just off my early grades, real athletic there, shows good hands. Big arm. It's a really impressive throw. Just snaps it off. He throws it a good base, too. You can watch him. He, he gets a little bit too out in front of his front foot at times, but you can see he does a pretty good job for a young kid of really driving off that back foot, and he really uses his core effectively. He's, he's, I don't know who coaches him, but he's very well coached. That's just a I'm better than you throw. <laughs> That's all that is right there. That is a, yep, I'm the best guy in the field, and I'm going to throw it in between three guys. It's a really talented quarterback. Really talented quarterback. Good, decent ball placement. You can see an example there. He's got to get that ball out a little quicker and a little bit more outside. This is another one I like. You know, you're, you're going to see some toughness here. This is not a ball that's – this isn't going to translate well to college, right? This ball is probably picked off in college. But I like the toughness. This is one of those things he's going to learn that you know you got to get this ball off quicker, or you got to take a check down. You got to you got to throw it out wide. But I don't even think he's throwing to that guy necessarily. But I do like the toughness, the willingness to to stay in there and get a throw off. It's that's why I say sometimes kids think plays are highlights and they're not really highlights. Throwing on the run that that takes a lot of arm talent right there to get that throw off. So that's that is Nico Iamaliava. Right, very talented player from from California, and a guy that that Notre Dame is definitely definitely working on. Uh, it's going to be interesting to see whether or not they can get him uh, on campus. Tommy says he brings his throwing mo his ball down. That's just going to happen with a six six quarterback. It's just it's impossible for him to if he brings it up too high, then he's going to have a lot longer to go to get the ball into the throwing zone. So up next is another quarterback that I like a lot, and this is Ricky Collins. Ricky Collins is from Baton Rouge, Louisiana. He goes to Woodlawn High School. Now, Ricky is a lot more raw than the first three quarterbacks that we we, we watch, but I really like his his talent. I really like his talent. So let's get uh, let's get this film up of Ricky. He now this is an example of a kid that has a bit of a long release that needs to be cleaned up a little bit. You can see how how it's a little bit slower than what we saw from Nico. There's a lot more of a wind-up, but he's got a big, big arm. He he. Th th look, the reality is 
Ricky has one of the best pure arms I've seen in this class, just as far, as far as power. This is an example. So I want you to understand something. This is a 30-yard corner route that he throws into the back of the end zone from the far hash in high school. Now, he's got to muscle it up a little bit, but this is an exceptionally far throw. But he has an arm. He can make any throw in the field. He's the kind of kid you recruit. And honestly, I'm going to be honest with you, a kid like Ricky Collins might be an ideal type of player to bring in in this particular class. This is a heck of a throw. You Now, now watch us, watch us throw in motion here. And I don't know if you're going to see my, my mouse, but just you can see it here. It's it's a little long. I want to see him kind of clean that up a little bit. You see how he's, it's a lot more of a looping. He doesn't get through it as fast. If I was his quarterback coach, I would work on trying to to, to to speed that up just a little bit. But, I mean, this is just an absolute rope, an absolute rope. Now, what I was saying is, is that the reason I like a kid like Ricky Collins is, look, he needs, he needs mechanical work. He needs work on ball placement. He needs work on going through his progressions. But that's okay because if Tyler Buckner is as good as we all think he's going to be, Ricky's not playing early on anyway. And if if Drew Pine hangs around, then that could should give Ricky a year or two to develop, and you can work on those things. And I think those are areas where where Tommy Reese could thrive coaching a kid like this because Ricky, like a lot of these other quarterbacks, he's an athletic kid, but he's not a runner. He can run, but he's not a runner. He wants to do damage from the pocket. But this is a kid to me that has true. This this one gives me a headache. I had to fast forward through that one. This kid has a very, very powerful arm. There's there's literally not a throw. Look at this. He's throwing as he's off his back foot as he's about to get hit. He's at his own about 40-yard line when he makes this throw, and the ball gets caught at about the inside the fifth, ten, inside the 10. And that is just a, a ridiculously stupid arm strength. He honestly, I, I'd be curious, and I don't know if he is this, I, I'd be curious if he's a baseball player. He kind of has the throwing motion that you're going to see from a lot of young baseball players. It's a longer, kind of like a shortstop type of throwing motion as opposed to, you know, a, a more pure quarterback. But this kid has really, really good natural talent. Very good natural talent. But he's going to need time. But that's okay. His He's considered a consensus three-star recruit. Right now, Rivals in 247 was a three-star. I don't know what in the world would make this kid a three-star other than he's just real raw. But as far as physical tools, there aren't many kids that just have the just the natural God-given ability that, that he can have. I mean, he just this he just makes this though look easy. This is like 20-some yards downfield, and he just snaps it off. Like I said, Ricky's just gonna need a lot of work. But that I mean, that's a that's a really sick throw right there. It's a 15 plus yard in cut that he just throws on a on a line. Very to town quarterback. Now, this is this is kind of to me an example of you can see Ricky is this is a this is not great footwork, right? This is he gets to his drop, he's got to step into it. This is why I think I would be I'd be shocked if he doesn't have a baseball background. He's got that sort of that shortstop crow hop. That's something that you want to work out of him. That long stride there, you want it to be quick and compact. Everything he does is kind of long and and looping and those are things you're going to have to work out of them and those and that's where there is some risk with him but just from a pure god-given ability this is a young man that has a lot a lot of tools i really like this kid really like this kid that's good ball placement right there that back shoulder snaps it out quickly 
You can see there, again, he's kind of got that long base. I want to see him clean that up a little bit. He, he to me, is a quarterback coach's dream because he's so raw. There's just a lot to work with, but there's a lot to work on, but he also has a lot to work with. I'm curious if LSU is going to make a run at this kid. I mean, he is from Baton Rouge. If I was LSU, I would have take I'd have take I'd take him right now. I probably understand why they're probably looking at Arch Manning, but I, I love this kid. I would I would I'd take him in a heartbeat. That's not mine. Don't worry. <laughs> that's their high school film. Okay, so that's Ricky Collins, everybody. Like I said, Ricky is from Baton Rouge. He does not have a Notre Dame offer yet, but Notre Dame has been on him for a while. This is a kid that the staff is very well aware of. He has talked about – now, we, we've, we did an interview with him recently. We didn't get enough to necessarily do a, a, a full article on. You know, but he didn't. He mentioned to us that you know he, he has a good relationship with Tommy Reese already. He really praised Tommy Reese a lot uh, for just how they've been able to talk and build that re relationship. So, like I said, he's evidence of yes, Notre Dame has only made three offers, and right now, I don't think they lead for any of those three offers. But that that's not the only guys that they're recruiting, and I think Coach Reese has been very, very involved and engaged in uh, in quarterback recruiting. Now, some of these kids that we're going to get into now. Is so, so to me that's sort of the that's sort of the 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 big uh, sort of the the big the top group for me. You know, those are the guys that I view as you know the 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 top of the board guys for me. If I was Notre Dame and Kenny, I saw your note. It, they did apparently just move Ricky into uh, four star, and he's not the biggest guy. Maybe that's it. You know, six two, six three, one eighty five. But they did just jump him up, but he's not ranked yet. Um, so yeah, they did, they did bump him up. So appreciate the note on that. The next kid we're going to talk about is Jaden Rashada from Pittsburgh high school in California. Now this is another guy to me that when I look at him is another guy that is, is sort of a coach's a quarterback coach's dream. And I'm not talking about a high school quarterbacks coach. I'm talking about a guy that just does quarterback coaching because, you talk about a guy that needs a lot of work, but a guy that has tremendous, tremendous tools. That is Jaden Rashada. So let's get into him a little bit and uh, and watch his film. He is listed at 6'4", 190, or one, yeah, 190 by 247. He lists himself as 6'5", 210. He's a big kid with a great frame. So let's watch a little bit about him. The first thing you're going to watch is he's got a huge arm. He's very confident in his arm. He's willing to attack over the middle. He's got a, a very compact release, which I like. He doesn't have quite the windup that Ricky did. He's also not quite as fast as Nico, but he's in between those two guys. This is a nice, confident release. Look how effortlessly this is. This is what I'm talking about. This is an effortless release, right? He's not, he's not putting a lot of torque into it. He hits his back foot. He just snaps it off. Really nice footwork there. When he does this, he's really good. This is a really nice ball. Like to see him lead it. His ball placement needs a lot of work. This is one example. You see it. I, there's a, some game film out there of him where you really see that his ball placement just, just needs a lot of work. But again, the tools are, are really impressive for him. He's got a lot going on in the upper body, though. When when you, you watch the game film especially, this is the kid I was referring to earlier that has all the, the upper body stuff going on, moves the ball around a lot, and, and – uh, you know, just he, he, he's got to clean up his mechanics in the pocket. He's got to keep the ball a little bit more settled. He does it sometimes, but when you watch the game film, you really can see it. 
the thing about Jaden is he is not a guy to me that when you, you know, on highlights, he's going to look great. That's an excellent throw right there. I mean, that is, that takes great arm talent to make that kind of throw. The thing about Jaden is the highlights are impressive and the highlights show you a lot of raw tools. When you watch game film, you see a kid that to me is going to need a lot of experience as again, he's a sophomore, so it's not surprising but a kid that's going to need a lot more work when it comes to going through his progressions and staying in the pocket. He has a tendency. That's not an example because there he needed to. Um, but you know, he's a kid to me that tends to bail out a little bit too soon. He's kind of a one to go kind of guy. He doesn't quite process information with the same speed that the other, that the kids I've talked about before do, but that's something that can come with work and time. And, you know, like I said, his ball placement isn't great, but the tools are there. Very powerful arm, good athlete, and like the others, he can run, but he likes to do damage from the pocket. He's another guy that has a lot of confidence in his arm, and he's going to make throws that just a lot of quarterbacks don't have the guts to even attempt, and he'll he'll make it. But as you can see there, it's just another example, just not great ball placement. A lot of throws that aren't just great ball placement, that's another one. A little bit behind. That stuff will come in time. You know, just sometimes it comes, sometimes it doesn't. But more often than not, if a kid's as good as he is this early, you see his body right there, he's a big kid. If it comes that early, you know, that's great. But it doesn't always come. It can be worked on, it can be improved, but he's got the tools to to get to that point. Like I said, I really, really like him. Now, this is kind of where, for me, when I look at the board, you start to see a little bit of a drop-off from a, a really tool standpoint, there's some good quarterbacks that we're going to dive into next, but what we just looked at to me was the, the, these are the higher ceiling guys. The rest of these guys are good quarterbacks, but I don't view them as having the same high level upside. There's one kid that does, but he's really raw. We'll get to him in a little bit, but next let's look at Braden Dorman from Colorado Springs. Uh, Vista Ridge High School. This is a kid that I expect to visit Notre Dame this summer. Uh, I would imagine he's going to, if he does visit, it would be to work out. He is a prototypical quarterback when it comes to size. He's got a big body, got a, a strong arm, confident arm. The ball doesn't quite explode the way that with some of these other quarterbacks, but he does have good power. You look at his frame, he's kind of a big skinny kid. I love his frame. And, and as he fills out, the ball's gonna just it is he's gonna get that power. He shows touch when he needs to. He shows he can show power when he needs to. He's got uh, he's got pretty good ball placement. And I do like that. He's a he's a gritty kid. That's a great ball right there. If you see that, that's I mean, that's exactly where you want that ball to be. You don't want to lead it. You throw it right over top of the cornerback's head. It's perfect ball placement. What I like here is look how quickly he sets his feet and he can just get this going. He gets his read, he sees that one-on-one, -on -one and he bangs it perfectly. Nice zip. He throws it with velocity, but he doesn't smoke it in there. That kind of throw doesn't need too much touch, and it doesn't. And you can't throw it 100 miles an hour either. This is a kid, though, he's a pure pocket passer. He's not a, a real super mobile guy. He's a little heavy-footed in the pocket, you're going to see, but he can get the ball out quickly. Can do a lot of damage. He's not a guy you're going to be running read zones with, that's for sure. But this is a this is a talented kid. This kid can really play. You can see him going through progressions. It's a little far. Can't really see that one. This is the kind of kid that if you end up with him in the class, you say, okay, he's got a little bit of a lower floor. 
but there's a lot to work with. This is an example of, of what I talk about. This is a confident pass right here. And this is a kid that has a lot of ability in himself to make this throw and that you want that in a quarterback. This kid can play. It's a good ball right there. See how quick you can get rid of the ball. He, does, he has a bit of a long release, but he, he has such great anticipation and he reads so quickly that he can quickly set his feet and get the ball out. I really like that about him. This is Braden Dorman. It's a good ball right there. Nice touch over the top. I have a feeling that ball got dropped since it got cut out. See, sometimes he he, he doesn't set his feet well and and uh, will we'll throw a little flat-footed and not really get a lot of torque, and the ball kind of floats a little bit. That's an example of it. It's a good ball, but it, it, there's still a little bit more work he needs as far as being more consistently able to just really drive off that back foot. That's a much better job there, driving off the back foot. Really good touch, leads the guy. This kid can play. He's a good quarterback. And he had a lot of production this year in a very limited number of games. This is definitely a kid that would be on my radar. This is definitely a kid that if I'm Tommy Reese, I want to see him throw in person. I want to see his body. I want to see if he's got the frame. To, if his, I want to see if his frame looks as good in person as it does on film. I want to see how the ball comes out of his hand. There's a lot of things I like about this kid. He'd definitely be somebody I'd want to get on campus this summer if I was Notre Dame. It's another good deep ball. So that's Braden Dorman from Colorado Springs, Vista Ridge. Up next is Tad Hudson. This is a, a young quarterback from North Carolina. Tad's a, a little bit different than the other guys we've talked about. Tad is a pure pocket passer. So he is a guy that you're not going to see doing a whole lot of running. He moves around okay for a high school kid, but he is a, a thicker-bodied kid. You can already see it there. Big arm, huge arm. His release is a little awkward. Uh, nice touch, you can see there. He'll he'll throw nice touch on underneath routes as well, but he's a big-bodied kid, very powerful arm, very quick, compact release. You can see an example of that there. This is what you want to see. This is something you can worry about sometimes with the kids with the big, powerful arms is they want to put everything wants to be on the money. This is... Quick, compact, drops it right over the top of the corner, outside shoulder, perfectly placed football. Shows good ball placement more often than not. Very, very good. I'll tell you this. His ball placement on downfield throws from the film that I've seen so far, and I have not seen game film of him yet, so keep that in mind. But from what I've seen in the highlights, his ball placement on downfield throws is a lot better than his ball placement on short throw stuff, which is saying something. But this is a kid that that – if you're looking for a pure pocket passer, this is a kid that you can have a lot of success with. This kid has a really big arm. He's listed as 6'2", 225. I buy that. He's a thick kid. Not someone you're going to want as your quarterback if you're if you're looking to run read zones or design quarterback runs. But you know if you're looking for someone who can sit in a pocket and pick you apart, he's got he's got tools. He's got a lot of tools. Real quick, compact release. That's the kind of zip. I mean, it, guys breaking free, just throw it out over top. Need to lead him a little bit, but that's a good ball right there. Really good ball. This kid can really sling. And it, I mean, you see what I'm talking about. This is not a top 100 kid. I mean, it's in this class, but it's just another in a long line of just talented quarterbacks that can just really snap the ball off. Just really, really natural power. It, this is an example of what I'm talking about when I when I talk about power, but ease of power. Watch this throw. He throws this ball from about the 43-yard line to about the three-yard line. That's a 40-yard throw from the middle of the field, and it's just easy. It's like he's floating it. and that, that, that is not an easy throw to make. 
this kid can really, really sling it. Nice touchdown here, too. It's a good quarterback. I mean, I think y'all are seeing just how good um, just how good this quarterback class is. And I mean, and I'm just talking about the guys on Notre Dame's radar. There's a lot of highly ranked guys that aren't even on Notre Dame's radar. But you see him talking about how his, his downfield accuracy. I mean, this kid throws the ball downfield a lot. I mean, a lot. And he's very accurate. That's a gutsy throw. Not one I would recommend necessarily making all the time, but it's a gutsy throw. This is one of my the throws I like. Right, right in between three defenders. I mean, it's it's got the perfect combination of touch because you have to get it over the second level, but you also need to put some zip on it to make sure the safeties can't close on it. And it's it's really just a perfect, the perfect amount of zip touch combination that that again a, a lot of these quarterbacks have, which I don't often see in past years from such young quarterbacks. I mean, these kids all do it. Throws on the run okay. I mean, that's just, he snaps that ball. That's like a 20-plus yard throw. He throws it on a line. That's impressive. So that is Tad Hudson. And as I said, Tad Hudson is is he's a pocket passer, but he is a talented pocket passer from Cornelius, North Carolina, Wilmus Amon Hupp High School. That is another guy that is on Notre Dame's radar. I'm sure that the staff is working to try to get him in, on campus this summer as well. So next is we're going to go Cameron Edge from Hyattsville, Maryland, the Matha High School in the Maryland, D.C. area. So let's watch a little bit Cameron Edge. Cameron Edge is, is a kid that he's a little different than these other quarterbacks. He does not have the big arm that these other quarterbacks have. He is more of a precision pocket passer. You can throw good vertically, but the ball just doesn't explode out the way that some of these other guys is. He's a little heavy-footed at times in the pocket. He's got good touch, good accuracy, doesn't have quite the power, but it's it's a good arm. It's just compared to some of these other kids, it's not quite his arm. But this is a throw right here I like. Really good ball placement on the back shoulder, confident throw. You can see a little bit, though, that he's a little heavy-footed in the pocket. Goes through his progressions well. You know, good, decent athlete. You know, he can be sort of like a, a, a chain mover type of runner, but not a guy that's going to do a ton of damage moving around. But it's again, this is a good quarterback. This kid can play. He just doesn't have quite the elite arm talent that some of these other quarterbacks have, but he's a good football player. This is Cameron Edge, by the way. It's a good ball right there, right over top. That's a, that's a good zip right there. And that's a real nice zip right there. A little bit of a long release, you know, above average speed with his arm, with his arm release. But you know, he he can he can snap it off. His power is better on sort of the twenty and under than it is on throwing the powerful deep balls. He can snap off the short to intermediate stuff real impressively. Is a little mechanical with his feet, as you can see. As I said, little little heavy footed, but kid can throw. Good, good going through progressions. There you see him talking about, like, again, he's going to step in the pocket and move the chains. He's not going to rip off 80-yard runs against, you know, Clemson or, or Alabama or anything. Real nice confidence right there. That's a gutsy throw. That's a kid that, that is confident in his ability. So that is Cameron Edge from DeMatha High School in Maryland. So we're working through these. These next few guys, we're not going to watch quite as much film on. These are guys that, again, are, Notre Dame is on. Notre Dame is, is recruiting. But guys that I don't view as in that top of the line, guys. This is Avery Johnson from 
Mays High School in Kansas. So let's watch a little bit of Avery of Avery Johnson. He's one of the more dual threat guys in this class. He's a kid that does a lot more action with his arm. He's he's a bit all over the place mechanically, skinny and athletic. Can be a guy that you can can uh, do some read zone with. He's a bit of a gunslinger. You know, not a guy that you would put in uh, a highlight tape or a, a, a teaching tape on the proper way to to go through your mechanics. But he makes a lot of plays. He's a guy that, like I said, he can run. He's one of the more you know, a lot of these guys are athletes, but he's one of those guys that you look at and say he's one of actually a guy that you consider a runner. You can see it right there. Good vision, good speed, talented player, just a little bit of a, a little bit too much of a gunslinger at times. That's one of those throws as a coach. You're like, oh my gosh, what are you doing? Oh, great job, great job. Running some art, little play action there. He said, this is a kid that's got a lot of ability, a lot of talent. There you see his athleticism and just outrunning the edge, find keeps his eyes downfield. I really like that. Uh, this is a kid. This is a raw kid. This is a this is a guy that I would definitely want to get on campus and work out as well. He's got some tools. Definitely has some tools to work with. And the nice thing about you know a year like this where the the quarterback class is so deep, you know a lot of the top schools are focusing on the big names. You know Malachi, Arch Manning, Dante Moore. That that kids like this may take a little bit while long a little while longer to find their home. So there's more opportunity for you as a coaching staff to get these kids on campus and see them up close and personal. And I know Notre Dame really likes to do that. So that is that is Avery Johnson from Kansas. We're going to move next to Jay Vance Taputo Johnson. He is from – this is a familiar, a familiar school. He is from Notre Dame High School in Sherman Oaks, California, the home of Dane Christ and Anthony – mcdonald this is a kid to me that is is probably the most raw quarterback on this list but he has an absolute bazooka for an arm i mean just a howitzer for an arm watch this throw falling away from the 50 yard line far hash falling backwards and just launches it to the goal line that that's a that's a bomb very raw mechanically but I love his frame. He's listed at 6'4", 190. I'm sorry, this is the kid that's listed. So uh, Jaden is actually 6'4", 190. This kid lists himself at 6'5", 210. He's got a huge pro-style frame. Just a very raw passer, though, but tons of tons of tools. Huge arm. He's just a guy, again, which isn't necessarily a bad thing for Notre Dame in this class. It's not a bad thing for Notre Dame to get a kid that's going to need some time if Tyler Buckner's as good as everybody thinks he's going to be, and I, I think he's going to be. You have you can take a chance on a kid like this that maybe needs some time. Again, he's throwing a drag route off his back foot, kind of jumping up in the air, and he, and he gets it over top of the linebacker. Ball placement needs work, obviously, but this kid has got a lot of confidence in his arm. He's got a big, big arm. He's just got a harness. It reminds me a lot of Jacoby Brissett in high school from a body type standpoint. I think his arm, however, is more powerful than Jacoby's was at the same age. And this kid's got a really strong arm. I mean, I just I watched the film like, goodness gracious. He doesn't have a clue what he's doing, you know, mechanically a lot of the time. But just from a power standpoint, this kid's got a ton of tools. A little bit of a long windup. Good read, though, however. It's a little late going through his progressions. His ball placement needs some work. His footwork needs improvement, but the tools are there. He's got a bit of an awkward release, but, man, he's he can really snap the ball off. Very, very impressive arm. 
don't know what you guys think, but when I watch this kid's arm, I just, I mean, this is, he's got one of the stronger arms that we're, you're going to see. He just, they don't throw it as deep as much as some of these other teams did, but when they do, boy, it's impressive. And you have to like it that he's wearing, you know, he's got the Notre Dame gear on. So that's certainly impressive. He just flicks that ball. I mean, it just, this kid's got, he's got, kid's got really live arm, a really live arm. Just needs, going to need a lot of work. And it's like he's more comfortable on throws like that. Do not ever compare him to Jamarcus Russell. Jamarcus Russell, this kid, this kid. Mm -mm. Uh, and I guess, you know, if you want to say big arm wise, yeah, I guess, but I just don't like comparing kids to Jamarcus Russell. But I really like Joe Vance. Joe Vance Taputo Johnson from Notre Dame. Notre Dame High School in California. But really big arm. Really like this kid's arm strength. This is one he throws on a run. Good athlete for a big boy. I mean, that's that's good agility out there in space for a big boy. So again, very raw. Definitely, God want to get on campus and, and kind of size up, kind of get what kind of personality he is. Maybe put him on the chalkboard a little bit if possible, and see what he can do. Last two quarterbacks we're gonna we're gonna work through. The first one is is Kenny Minchie, and we're gonna finish up with Jackson Arnold, who's a kid that I really like uh, in this class. Uh, Jawan Pass. Body-wise, Jawan Pass is a good one, but as far as arm talent, I would say he's a little bit more natural than Jawan was. Uh, all right, so let's look at Kenny Minchie from John Pope John Paul II High School in Hendersonville, Tennessee. If that sounds familiar, that is where Golden Tate went to high school. Now, Kenny is a, is a big-bodied kid, has a good arm. He's not a guy to me that uh, he's on a different level than those other guys. His arm is strong, but not quite as powerful as others. He's got a good body, decent athlete. You know, he's got some tools to work with, but he would be he would be sort of a a second tier guy for me right now. You know, you look at that run, that's not projecting to the next level. That that he's not making this kind of run at the next level. But he, you know, again, he's got some arm talent. He's got a big body, a little bit of an awkward stiff release, but it, it works for him. You know, he just he's just not quite on the level of those other players. But again, a, a Catholic school kid from Tennessee, definitely a kid that you want to, to have on your radar. And then and the fact that Notre Dame has him on his radar is again why I like seeing what they're doing at quarterback recruiting. They're not putting all their eggs in one basket. They're they're scouring the nation and they're saying, look, this is a deep quarterback year. Because what happens is, is this is a really nice ball right here. When it's a deep quarterback year, there's some kids that can kind of fall through the cracks. Because you're focused on other guys, and and the fact that Notre Dame is trying not to do that is is really an impressive thing. It's a nice ball. Does a good job of keeping his eyes downfield when he moves around the pocket, which is something I'd say probably about all these kids. I think all of them did a really nice job of when they move around, they keep their eyes downfield. Nice touch, nice ball right there. This kid can play. This kid can play. Like I said, I just don't see the same tools that I see from some of those other kids, just from a, just a, other than a, a real good body, he, you know, size wise, good frame. He does, doesn't quite have the same upside as some of those other guys from what I've seen so far. Nice back foot throw. This is a nice ball. Again, he's stolen from his back foot from the 40 yard line, snaps it off to the 10. That's a nice ball right there. That, that requires some skills. That's a, that's a good ball. Again, good player, just a little different, uh, li little different deal right there. So, Definitely guy that Notre Dame is gonna is gonna continue to keep an eye on, which I like. And then the last kid is uh, is is Jackson Arnold from Texas. Uh, really, really like this kid. Let's watch his film a little bit. 
Uh, he's from uh, Denton, Texas, Geyer High School. Notre Dame's recruiting a couple kids from that high school. Uh, he is a bit of a, a, you know, he's not a guy that I say, well, this is a future college, you know, NFL quarterback. He's just a gamer. I mean, he's not the biggest guy. He's 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 not the most athletic guy, but he's a good athlete. He doesn't have the biggest arm, but he makes a lot of plays. This is a kid that I really like. I don't know if if I'd say I want Notre Dame to take a kid like this right now. But if they get into a situation where they strike out on some guys, I should probably pull the film up so you guys can watch it, huh? So let's start it over here. I just wanted you to hear how excited I was about, about Jackson Arnold. But he's just a gamer. And you say, you know, yeah, you'd like to get a higher-level player, but if you, if you end up with a kid like this, you're, you're going to get a kid that is a college quarterback could could be a really good player. It reminds me a lot of like a Sam Erlinger kind of kid. You know, not the biggest guy, not the biggest arm, not a great athlete, but productive runner. This kid's a good football player from Denton Geyer High School in Texas. Let's watch a little bit of this. Nice snappy release. Just flips it out there. I like it. Good ball placement. Not, not elite yet, but good ball placement. Has Plays with a lot of talent. You can see the he's a good athlete. Like I said, that's that's not elite athleticism right there, but the kid's a gamer. You know, Get him an open field. He's got a nice gear. Just a playmaker and plays against good competition too. I, I really like this kid. You know, he's not going to be a highly ranked guy, but he's just he can play. He's going to go to some Big Twelve school, and and he's going to be some three star kid that goes to some Big Twelve school, TCU or Texas Tech or Baylor, and nobody thinks twice about it. And then in a couple of years, he's he's throwing for three thousand yards and rushing for five hundred yards, and and he's a really good college quarterback. And this kid's a good football player. I really like Jackson. If I'm doing a rankings list, he's near the bottom of my rankings just from a projection, you know, tools, that kind of thing. But if I'm talking about just gamers, just guys that can flat out play, I like this kid a lot. I like this kid a lot. He just doesn't have the God-given tools that some of these other guys have. But as far as knowing how to play quarterback, this kid knows how to play. I'm watch a couple more clips here, Jackson, and then we're going to go to answering some questions before we get out of here. So I appreciate everybody being with me tonight. This has been fun. I like watching film, especially like watching quarterback film. So, so that's what we see from Jackson. Don't see him get a chance to throw downfield a ton when I was watching the highlights. We're going to try to find some game film, see if we get see more opportunities of him getting downfield. You see what I'm saying about the Sam Ellinger stuff? He just he's not a great player, but he just makes a lot of plays. Yeah, he's going to go to some Big Twelve school and put up just dumb numbers. Okay, last clip of of Jackson, and then we're gonna move on to something. Move on to to questions. It's a nice play, tough kid, tough kid. All right, so that that's the twelve quarterbacks that right now I believe are on Notre Dame's radar, not including Malachi Nelson. I think that Notre Dame is going to continue to expand the board. They're going to continue to look for guys, um, and and uh, continue to go. Mark, thanks so much for the super chat, buddy. I appreciate that very, very, very much. Uh, love doing this. You know, it's hard. It's 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 long work, but it's not hard work when you love what uh, what you do. So uh, this is fun. I want to get some feedback from you all before I go through it. Maybe not so much in this chat, but you know, in response to this, hit me up. Is is that you know, we won't always do this, but you know, going through a board, kind of looking at receivers and just going through each kid, watching film, talking about I like, is this something that you guys would like to do on a more regular basis? If so, definitely let me know because these are things that, that like I said, I enjoy doing. They're good things to do at night. Um, you know, my my wife's already kind of winding down for the night, finish up her work. So these are good times to do this kind of stuff. So 
Let's go through here. Some, let's go through some questions. Kenny Moore. Kenny, thanks for joining the show, buddy. I know you're not often able to be in these, but I'm glad you're able to make this one tonight. Uh, this program is so close to turning the corner, becoming elite, and the only thing missing is the quarterback. I agree with you completely. Okay. Uh, Jordan Schreiber, Schreiber says, another elite quarterback, Tyler Buckner, definitely qualifies. Now we want to stack elite QBs and cat case one doesn't work out or gets hurt. I mean, there's all types of things. Or or even if you know Tyler's as good as we think and he leaves after his junior year, you want to be able to, to not have to play a freshman that next year. So definitely at least every other year you'd like to get a big-time quarterback. Searcher Green says, uh, even while pushing hard for, hard for Dante, I hope they keep in, uh, in contact with guys like – Alien Appler. I, I don't know who that is. That's not a guy that's come across on my radar as I've as I've talked to different people about who Notre Dame is on. Okay. Uh, any thoughts on Leo Romero? Lauren Hamilton says, any thoughts on Leo Romero? The last quarterback that Notre Dame got that played at Westlake Village, assuming Oaks Christian, uh, did pretty decent for them. Yeah, it'd be Jimmy Clausen. I have not seen him, and he is not a guy that was on, that was provided to me when I did some digging on who Notre Dame is after. So, um, but I'll, I'll look in it. You guys give me names of guys you want me to look into. I will definitely do it. So John Klimek, thank you so much for the super chat, buddy. Appreciate it. It's fun to watch film when a coach isn't yelling at me. <laughs> I should talk to some of my former players and say, hey, look, we're watching film and I don't yell at anybody. They might like it. Um, but uh, so let's let's get down here. So Jonathan says, what qualities does Tommy Reese specifically look for in a quarterback? You know, I think we've seen Tommy's looked at different types of quarterbacks. So we've seen him take, you know, pocket passers like Drew Pine. Uh, we've seen him take, you know, dual threat, a, a dual threat guy like, like uh, Tyler Buckner. We've seen him look at in this class. I mean, just look at the film there. There's different types of quarterbacks. I think more of what Tommy Reese looks for is a guy that can Number one, do damage from the pocket. Can he process information quickly? Can he make quick reads? Can he get rid of the ball quickly? Is he accurate? Is he a good decision maker? And then the next level is, can he do make plays with his legs? Can he can he be a mobile guy that can do some damage in the pocket? That way, I think that's secondary, but also important. And I think then obviously you look for the intangibles: is leadership. Does he a winner? Is he a does he, how does he perform in the fourth quarter of games? That's something I would always watch when I was evaluating quarterbacks. Is I'd specifically look at what he did in fourth quarters, especially fourth quarters of close games. I want a guy that when the game's on the line is when he's at his best. And I think those are things that Tommy Reese is certainly going to look for in, in quarterbacks as well. Sean Higgins asked, not quarterback related, but he asked a recruiting question, which we'll get to. Sean Higgins asked, does the recruitment of Sonny Styles help get Lorenzo on the field this year? Seems like the staff is giving him a push already after the spring game and his billboard. So I think the billboard has more to do with just you know where he's from, part of that push. I think I think if the staff is going to play Lorenzo Styles and and give him a push, it's because they think he can be a good player and and a, and a good player early. And and I think that would be the reason why. Would it hurt? You know, if he's playing early, would it hurt with Sonny's recruitment? Absolutely not. But I don't think the staff is going to play him because of that. Then that's not what you're saying. I'm just saying that's just just my thoughts on it. I, I think Lorenzo getting in early. Is going to help him play because he brings a vertical element. He's one of the faster receivers they have. So I think that's going to be the thing that helps him get on the field. And, and as I talked about when they signed him, even though he's skinny, he's a tough kid. He really is a tough kid. So Michael says it'll be interesting to see if Notre Dame is able to get some talented 2023 quarterback prospects to visit for Irish Invasion. I'm going to have to give you a shout after this, Michael, because I, haven't, I still haven't heard anything about Irish Invasion yet. Okay. 
So Kenny Moore says I was not happy about Angeli at all. And, and I and I get that, Kenny, but you know, my thing is is at the same time, I, I think that you have to look at it and say it's a situation where they they missed on some of the high ceiling guys like Drew Aller, but you got a kid in um you got a kid in in Steve Angeli who's who's a big kid, you know, big bodied kid. Not great talent, but comes from a really good program. Has some tools to work with. Wanted to be at Notre Dame. That's another big thing. Steve Angeli wanted to be at Notre Dame. The minute he was given the red, the the the, the green light to commit, he did. And I think if you're going to miss on your high upside guys, this is the kind of kid you want. He's going to be patient. He's going to have the right attitude, and he does have some tools to work with. So I understand it, especially when you could have had. Uh, Drew Aller, if you would have handled that a little bit better, potentially. But this, you know, but Steve Angeli's a good kid. I mean, yeah, it's a settling, but you know, he's a good play. He's a solid quarterback. That if you if you have a kid like that in between Buckner and a big time twenty three guy, I can live with that. I can. Okay, let's see here. Let's get to some more questions. Okay. Chris Govia says, Govia uh, says, why the consistent regression of Notre Dame's quarterbacks under Brian Kelly seems like it would be harder for them to recruit top-notch talent at the position year after year, which is the true gap. Okay, so Alabama, uh, Ohio State. Yeah, I, look, I think it, to me, it has a lot to do with the fact that Notre Dame does have a complex passing game. It's the thing that has hurt the receivers. And it's not a coincidence that for the most part, Notre Dame's best seasons have been when they've had redshirt freshman quarterbacks or inexperienced quarterbacks running the show. You look at for, or first year starters. You look at 2012 with Everett Golson, 2015 with Malik and Deshaun Kaiser. You look at um, 2017 with Brandon Wimbush as a first year as a starter. 2018 with Ian Book and his first year as a starter. It wasn't a redshirt freshman, but he was in his first year as a starter. It was a lot of a, it was a, it was more simplified with his progressions completes almost 70% of his passes. And then as the, as they put more and more on his plate, you see him be less and less successful. So I think that's really where it comes from. And and hopefully Coach Reese is going to be able to to fix that and, and we won't have to worry about that moving forward. But we really won't know the answer for, for a couple of years. All right, Brandon says, I saw a picture of Dante Moore at a recent camp with Michigan shoes on. Hopefully that's not a sign that it's Michigan all the way in his recruitment. I remember seeing Devontae Smith at the Under Armour uh, All-American deal, the camp before his – I think it was before his senior year. The And he had – I think he had at the time had like a bunch of Miami stuff on. I, I, don't, get, I don't get too into that. I think, I think Dante is open. I think Michigan is obviously – and I, I've written in articles that I think Michigan is his leader – but I don't think it's a situation where they are the a lock for him. But the good news is, is you know, you know who the leader is. You know who you're shooting for, and so, um, so that's what you're going to see. So Thomas Walsh, thank you so much, buddy. I really appreciate that, and I'm sorry that uh, you didn't get a chance to see the show. But the good news is, is as soon as we end here soon, you're going to be able to go back and watch it all again from the beginning, but I love, I love the fact that you're always in our, our chats and I really appreciate the, the support of our channel means a whole lot. So let's get back up here to the questions. Uh, a lot of talk about Dante Moore in Michigan. Again, I do think Michigan is his leader, but I, I, he's definitely, in my opinion, open to Notre Dame and other programs. And, and, and again, I don't think, um, you know, I don't, I don't think it's the lock that people think. And, 
Uh, let's see who brought this up. Jonathan brought up, you know, could be a Josh Burnham situation. Michigan fans expected him to be Michigan, and he had a uniform on in his Instagram, but still commits to Notre Dame. Similar situation with Rocco Spindler. Notre Dame fans and their analysts swarping down that he was going to pick Michigan, despite the fact me and some other Notre Dame analysts, I think Tom Loy was also on that, that trip with me of saying, look, Rocco was a Notre Dame lean for a long time. As, and, and the whole time that all these Michigan people are saying it's up in the air, no one knows the answer. Yeah, Notre Dame people did. It was going to be Notre Dame. So I wouldn't put a lot into that stuff right now if I'm being completely honest with you. Let me see here. Okay, this is a good question. How much would the Manning family stay in their own lane if Arch came to Notre Dame insofar that they would undermine what the staff is trying to do if, if they disagreed my concern? So – I can understand why that would be a concern of yours when you think of the prestige of that family, but everything I've ever heard about that family is like Archie, for example, the dad stayed out of it at, at Ole Miss and, and at Tennessee. That's why they put so much emphasis on sending their, their, the kids and you know, this is obviously Eli and Peyton somewhere that they had faith in the coaching staff because, you know, with, with Archie, it was, Hey, look, you're the coach. I'm, I'm the dad. I don't know if his sons are going to be the same way, but again, Eli and Peyton aren't his dad. They're his uncles. Archie is his grandpa. You know, Cooper's the dad. So I I honestly wouldn't be uh, concerned about that. I think where the Mannings are going to be heavily involved in what's going on with Arch is, is the decision to where he's going to go. It's going to be his decision ultimately, but as far as making sure that he understands everything that goes into this decision, but if they got involved in it when he got to college, that would be unlike what happened with Eli and Peyton. So that's not something that I wouldn't, I would, I think it's a fair question when you consider who the family is from a prestige standpoint, but it would be outside of their history when it comes to how their, how Archie handled Eli and Peyton when they were in college. Okay, Brandon says, I still think Notre Dame's need to dish out more QB offers ASAP, especially in case Moore chooses Michigan. You know, for me, Brandon, I understand where you're coming from, but to me, I don't care as much about offers as I care about. I care about the relationship. Tommy Reese is putting in work, and 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 these kids that don't have offers understand why. He's saying, "Hey, look, you know, we, we love you. We haven't been able to get you on campus. I really want to size you up. I want to see what's going on. Hey, we've seen Dante Moore before. You know, they, they understand the situation, and I think that also I'm I'm a fan of quarterback offers not being like offers at other positions where it's just like you throw out one to everybody on your board. I like being able to use quarterback offers as sort of a, a selling point. It, it's a rare thing to get a Notre Dame quarterback offer. And if you look over the years, Notre Dame hasn't offered a lot of quarterbacks. They normally identify who they want pretty early on. So I understand what you're saying, but, but I think that there can be, there can be a negative impact to that as well. So let's say you offer, you know, you offer Nico and a couple of these other guys and, and Nico commits, you know, soon after Malachi Nelson looks like he's a lock to OU, Nico commits to USC and Cameron Edge commits to Penn State. And all of a sudden you, you've lost on all these quarterbacks and then you start offering more kids. And now it looks like, you know, we're scrambling, you know, we missed on our top guys and we're scrambling. It can create a perception problem. So that's why I kind of like the idea of get these kids on campus because then you can build your offer around that timing of it. So, Hey, why did you offer this kid before that kid? Well, cause this kid came on campus before he did. And I, and I, and I think there's some, there's some logical nature to not to, to being a little bit picky with who you offer at quarterback. 
It's like Clemson hasn't offered Malachi Nelson yet. Does Clemson think Malachi can play? Yeah, but they know they're not going to get him. So you'd be a little bit pickier with those offers. Okay, here we go. Searcher Green, it's a good comment. Trevor Lawrence grew up a lifelong Tennessee fan, wore 16 because of Peyton and wanted to follow in his footsteps for the Vols. But when the time came, he knew it wasn't his best. Dante could be the same. And I agree with you completely. I agree with you completely. So, Brandon, I'm not sure what happened with uh, with some of y'all. Apparently, weren't uh, weren't seeing what was going on. I'm, hopefully, you'll be able to get back to it and and check it out. So, Dylan Riggins, thanks for coming back to the show, buddy. Hey, Brian, good to be back in the live stream. As long as Notre Dame comes away with a top 100 to 150 talent, it'll be a good take. I, honestly, I don't even care about that. I care about looking at a guy ceiling and saying, if this guy pans out, does he have difference maker skills? whether he's a 150 guy or whether he's a 350 guy. I mean, look, Joe Burrow was ranked number 288. Mac Jones was ranked number 399. I'm not concerned about the the ranking as much as I care about the ceiling. If he's coached up, what can he become? And that's, for me, that's what I care more about. Let's see here. And Brandon also says what we saw earlier. Notre Dame is an elite quarterback away from winning on the big stage. Hopefully the the Indy staff is explaining this to Dante Moore, convincing him he's the missing piece of the puzzle. I would imagine they're saying that to a lot of these top kids. No question about it. No question about it. Let's see here. So Brandon gives his ranking. Number one, Moore. Number two, Nelson. Number three is Nico. Iamaliava or Cameron Edge need to, to watch out film on on two. I, I you like Cameron Edge a little bit more than I do. I think he's a good player, but but I like Ricky Collins more than him uh, at this point in time. I like Jalen Rashada more than him. I like Braden Dorman more than him, and I like Tad Hudson a little bit more than him. But I I, I don't disagree with Nico at all. I mean, I I have Nico basically where you do, except I had Arch instead of Malachi. But Nico's got a ton a ton of upside. As far as uh, David David Allen asks, where do you think Manning ends up? I honestly don't know. I haven't paid a lot of attention to his recruitment other than where it involves Notre Dame. Uh, a lot of people assuming he's going to go to Duke because of David Cutcliffe. I don't see that being the case. I, I think, yes, you want to play for David Cutcliffe potentially, but you also want to go somewhere you can win. You know, and I and I don't think I don't think that's a place that you can win. Corey Dickerson asked this one. I'm not sure you're talking about Corey. What about the wide receiver Rogers from North Carolina? Do we have a real shot? Corey, I'm not sure who you're talking about there. Did Notre Dame offer somebody from North Carolina named Rogers? I'm not, um, for some reason, I'm drawing a blank here. That name doesn't ring a bell. Do you mind following up for me at the bottom and, and let me know who exactly you're talking about? And I'll, I'll, I'll see if that strikes, strikes something. But right now, I'm not, I'm not sure who that is. Okay, so Brad Ridenauer says, uh, hi, all. Being able to watch live is new for me. How do you ask questions or participate in the chat? Well, you just did it, Brad. You left a question. We appreciate it. It's a little bit more challenging, Brad. If you're still listening, it can be a little bit more challenging on Facebook. I, I our, our stream is live. It is live on Facebook. You can watch on Facebook. But the best way to engage is through the, the YouTube app. And so uh, if you follow me on Twitter, you'll see that. But I also provide the links in, so the, there's the live link in YouTube that you're watching now, but also I provide a link that you can click on to watch it through YouTube. And that's, it's, it's a, just for me, our experience so far has been, it's easier that way to, to see through it. Uh, Connor, thank you so much for the, um, the, the super chat, buddy. I really, really appreciate it. Uh, I would assume since it's nine 30 that your kids are in bed. So you're getting to spend some time with the grownups. I'm sure that, uh, 
that is good for you. But coach, you joked that many my Notre Dame quarterback relative might have been adopted. It turns out Paul Patton was adopted, so your instincts are good. Well, you told me you're a five three, and he played at Notre Dame, so I just you know I just tried to use some common sense there. So appreciate your support, Connor, very very much. Um, Michael Scheller says I think more and two to three other QBs are better than Manning. I would say better than Manning physically. I don't think Arch has the same big arm that some of those other guys have. He's not as athletic as some of those other guys, but neither was Peyton and neither was Eli. And I think that's the thing that you have to consider is this right here for a quarterback is very, very important. But I, I, I tend to agree that I, I, I think there's quarterbacks with higher ceilings than him in this class. But again, it's just, you don't want to bet against the, the Manning DNA and not just physically, but also with that, the mind to play the game. Let's see here. Let's get to some more questions. Michael says, Nico throws the ball effortlessly. He really does. He has a, a great, a great arm. Christopher, I don't know if Dante Moore has a private quarterbacks coach. I would imagine uh, I would imagine he does. Most guys do. Frank Sabino joined the show tonight. Uh, great stuff, Coach D. Thank you. Thank you, Frank, for being in the show. Uh, Michael Scheller says, I would be ecstatic if Notre Dame landed another Nico. Yeah, I get it. And, and look, Dante Moore's my type guy, top guy, but right now, just on what I see right now, if Notre Dame landed Dante Moore, Arch Manning, Nico Iamaliava, Ricky Collins, just right off top, right, right there, if they land either one of those guys, I'd be thrilled. There's some other guys like Jalen Rashada, Braden Dorman, Tad Hudson, uh, Javance Taputo Johnson, guys, Jackson Arnold, that I'd want to see them sort of this summer. I'd want to see them into the fall. But they have ceilings that I really like. But but the the four guys for me, Dante Arch, Nico, and Ricky Collins. If Notre Dame got one of those four guys, I'd be I'd be pretty happy. I'd be pretty happy. Jordan Schreiber, this is my favorite show yet. Appreciate that very much. Can you do this type of deep dive on other positions and also let us know their current and future grades of everyone you highlight? So the reason I didn't do grades tonight is because. I haven't done grades yet on the sophomores. I've I've broken down their film. I've done, taken my notes of things I like, I don't like, but I haven't done grades yet. I don't often do grades for sophomores. But that's what I wanted to kind of find out from everybody. So Jordan gives the thumbs up. But, you know, these are things that you like to do on some of these recruiting shows is to let's dive into the film. Let's take the maybe the top five running backs or the top five receivers on the board and dive into their film and talk about them. If we're doing 22 positions, then we could certainly do that because the 22 players I definitely have ranked. So we could kind of go through it. Here's my ranking of them. Here's their grade and those type of things. If, if y'all would like that, let me know because I'm doing the big boards anyway for the website. It'd be easy for me to take them and, and translate them into videos. I just don't know if that's the kind of, you know, I don't know if, if there's a, if there's a, um, an appetite for non quarterback discussion so if y'all let me know if it's something you're interested in i'd love to do it because you guys know me i like to i like to get real nerdy when it comes to watching film and stuff dylan riggins asked brian if you had a quarterback with average traits across the board then had an option to make an elite a trait elite what trait would be most valuable to you so so dylan i'm going to give you two answers because it depends on what you're asking if you're asking for a pure uh if you're asking for a pure physical trait it would be a really live loose arm a guy that's got a really quick, smooth release that he's got a lot of zip because then I could teach some other things to allow you to take advantage of that. If you're looking for any overall trait that includes the mental part, to me, I think you just look at Mac Jones. If you give me an average talent 
that is just really smart and has just that great anticipation and timing and accuracy, which to me all kind of goes hand in hand. I, I would take that. I think, I, and that's why I love Drew Pine. That's why I think I think Notre Dame fans are really some, 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 some get it. But if Tyler Buckner doesn't pan out and Drew Pine is Notre Dame starting quarterback, I'm good with that. I mean, I'm not happy that Tyler Buckner doesn't pan out, but I mean, if Drew's the quarterback, I'm good with that because no, he's not the biggest guy. He doesn't have the biggest arm, but the kid is wicked smart. He processes information really well. And he's a guy that could could maybe be a Mac Jones type of player. And, you know, I'd, I'd rather have, if I could choose, I'd rather have a a Trevor Lawrence who has that elite physical tools. But if I, if I can only have a guy that has the elite mind, I can win with that the way that Notre Dame should be able to recruit other positions. Brandon, that's just a good question. Brandon asks, you think Notre Dame may take two quarterbacks in 23, perhaps a more Collins combo? I don't see that. I, I don't see Notre Dame doing that. I, I just I think they'd like to kind of do the one a year. I think if if there are some situations where you lose some guys, then maybe they could do that. But the plan right now, from what I understand, is to just take one quarterback. Uh, Lauren Hamilton says, are 247 heights accurate or is that what the kid coach says they are? There's a combination of different things, Lauren. If they have a if they have a camp, so if a kid went to a camp and there's an official height weight, 247 will go with that. If not, sometimes they'll look at the huddle film. What does the huddle film say? And then, of course, the kids can ask. So I wouldn't say they're super accurate because it's just it's not like they're at the kids, these events weighing these kids, but when, 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 if you, if you look at it, so what two, four, seven does, which is, is kind of good is down below. If a kid's been at a camp, they'll say what camp he was at and, and what his testing results are. A lot of times from those camps, they'll get heights and weights. And I put a little bit more value in those types of things. Dylan Riggins asks, is this list from top to bottom or bottom to top? Because the further we've gone down, the more confident I've got with the whole Colt QB board, it was top to bottom. So like the first guys were my top guys. And then we moved on. So, hey, Bob157 asks, I believe on 247, they said Notre Dame will not be pursuing Iamaliava anymore. Have you heard anything about that? So as of today, I, I reached out and I've talked to sources and I and he was on my list of guys. I said, are these guys that 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 are on the board? And I was told he was on the board. So I don't I don't know what that means. If somebody else reported it, I don't know who reported that or what it means. But all I can say is what well, my source today said that he's on the board. Uh, so that's all I can say. But I also, as I said earlier, I, I, I'm I'm concerned about where USC stands with him. I think if USC were to make a push, and I believe USC offered him recently, if USC makes a push, they're going to be hard to beat for, for Nico. Omar Austin says, I like Pine's progression and optimistic about Buckner. Of course, I feel like it's still really important we get one of the top four or five 2023 quarterbacks. Omar, I agree with you wholeheartedly, wholeheartedly. Y- again, you have to be able to recruit that position relatively consistently to, to be successful. Let's get to some more questions here. Uh, again, I really, everybody gave a super chat tonight. Super. I mean, it's incredibly, incredibly appreciate that very much. And then of course, I also greatly appreciate all the people that, that are just here watching and engaging. So I appreciate all of it. Thanks for uh, Tanny. I hope that you're able to get to some of these. I know your work schedule makes it a little tough for you to get to some of our earlier shows, but hopefully you'll be able to get to some more of these, these night shows and, and we'll be able to talk recruiting and watch film. I know you, I know you like to watch film and stuff like that. So I appreciate you're able to, to, to make it. Um, uh, John Climax says the quarterback ranking will get an overhaul this summer when the camp circuit opening up. 
I would imagine so, John. I think you're right on that. For me, not necessarily because I don't put a ton on those. But when it comes to like the rankings for like rivals and 247, you're absolutely right. It will shake things up a lot because they put a lot more on camps than I do. All right, Michael says, Brian, can you list your top five realistic quarterback options for 2023? I mean, I think it's a little bit early for that, Michael, for me to confidently say that. I, I do think they have a legitimate shot with Dante. Uh, I believe they have a legitimate shot with Ricky if they continue pushing. Uh, Braden Dorman's a kid that I think right now they have a, a, a good shot at if they push. Some of these other guys, I'm just, I just don't know enough about it. I think that Notre Dame is recruiting them and building the relationship. But I don't think they're necessarily pushing for any of these kids at this for some of those lower level kids. So I think those are the guys right now. I think Notre Dame is in the best position with. But I couldn't say well if they push that guy, they're going to get him. I think there's work to be done with a lot of these guys. Uh, Shane O'Shea, love watching the film and going through the board. So that's two pluses for doing this again. All right, uh, Searcher Green. I'll look him up. I'll look up his film and then I'll also go do some digging to see if if they. Uh, if they're if if no names on him, but he's not a name that I've I've heard yet for any of the sources I've talked to. Notre Dame two one six four is this the most loaded quarterback class you've seen for sophomores? It's it's close, but at the same time, I haven't watched a lot of sophomore film. I mean, I didn't really start watching sophomore film to the last four or five years. But this is a loaded loaded class. I, I you know the Trevor Lawrence class was pretty good. I'd have to think about that one, but it's a it's a it's in the conversation for sophomores. Now we need to see how these kids develop as they get get older, but for sophomores, yeah. And then we also have to think with some of these California kids, they're playing in March and April, so there's about six seven months of develop physical development that that kids that played in the fall didn't necessarily have, which you know somewhat somewhat uh, uh, factors into it. Tommy uh, Tommy Leonard has a couple questions. Says, are they going to ever get a consistent, silent quarterback? I think it's probably better to stick to similar quarterbacks. Says, better way to ask this question. Do you think consistency and skill set at quarterback, or are you good with diversity in talent in the quarterback room? I like diversity and talent to a degree, Tommy. Uh, I, I think it's it's good to have it when you look at, you know, Tyler Buckner and Drew Piner, diverse players, but they can run the same offense. What you do when you have those two types of quarterbacks is, you know, you'll have quarterback runs in your offense, but if Drew Pine's your quarterback, you're not going to call him often or if at all. With Tyler Buckner, you will. It, it, but it's the same thing even if similar styles. Some guys may like concepts more than another guy, even though physically they have the same skills. What I don't necessarily would like to see is, you know, one year you recruit Drew Pine then the next year you recruit what Brandon Wimbush was in college. Now, again, Brandon Wimbush was a much better passer in high school. His passing ability regressed significantly during his tenure at Notre Dame, and I think you can thank Mike Sanford for a, a big chunk of that. But, uh, you know, with, with what Brandon was in college, I don't think you'd want to have that in back-to-back -back years because that is a dramatic shift in what you have to do. I think having diversity from, you know, one year, like I said, Drew Pine, and the next year, a, a Ricky Collins type, and then the next year, uh, you know, um, I'm trying to think of a guy that's a more mobile, you know, a, a more mobile running quarterback, as long as he can operate from the pocket, I, I, I like diversity. I, I really do. I just think it's more about finding guys that can execute your offense effectively and be playmakers, whether it's with their arm or whether it's with their their legs or a combination of both. DBZ, morning coach, just wanted to, to, to what's up. Great chat. Thank you. And so, yeah, because you're over on the other side. So, yes.
good way to kick off the morning with some quarterback talk. So, so thank you so much for, for being a part of it. Um, and of course we'll have some more Friday free for all. You'll hopefully be able to, to, to catch up on a little bit as we, as we get here. So let's get back to some questions here. I'm sorry. I left off Thomas. I'm sorry. You, you missed so much of the show and got pulled away, but I, I hopefully you'll have a, a chance to get there. So Michael says, any, you've asked this a couple of times, any chance of a future call, live call-in show? I think that would be awesome live show experience for all involved. Thanks, Brian. Michael, right now, I don't have the, I don't know of the technology that I need to do that. And number two, I'm a little nervous about that because I can't control necessarily what people say. Like if you, if somebody says something inappropriate in a chat, I cannot show it, right? And 99.9% .9 of our people don't do that, but there's a little bit less to control. I have a couple other ideas I've been thinking about, but um, Vince and I are going to sit down and, and see if it works. And, and, you know, we have some ideas. So just, just keep in mind, because I do want to try to make it to where at times you guys can be more interactive as opposed to just this. But I don't know if a, if a call-in show is something that I'll be able to invest the the, the time or money in, or if, it, if ultimately, because if somebody says the wrong thing, I get held responsible for that. And so it just makes me a little bit nervous in that regards, if I'm, if I'm being completely honest with you. Four Horsemen says Mickens, Freeman, and O'Leary all tweeted out some version of "Think Big" earlier tonight. What do you think that that that, that could be about? I think it's just about continued push from the Notre Dame coaching staff in regards to just these diff this diff this social push. Uh, you know, there there are some guys that um, I think Notre Dame is trying to close on. It could mean something like that, but I, I think a lot of this is just their their message. So what they're probably doing is in their conversations with recruits and their DMS with recruits, that's something that they're kind of, they're talking about. And that's their selling point of what Notre Dame is trying to do. Think big of, you know, championships and, you know, the four for 40 and all that other kind of stuff. So Saber James also mentions this, there are rumors that Notre Dame isn't going to pursue Ema Liaba. Like I said, that could be true. I'm not saying that the people reporting that are not accurate. I'm simply saying when I talk to my sources today, as uh, the, the latest I've talked to them, he was on my list, and there was an opportunity to take him off, and they didn't take him off. So that's that's kind of where, where we're at. So, yeah, Brandon, following up on your question, as long as the relationships are being built and established, I'm good with offers not just flying out. Just want to make sure they're in the mix. And that's the thing I want to ensure people. We have myself, more so, you know, Eric and, and some other people that, that I know that are in the recruiting business that, you know, Brian Smith helps me out with this. But when we talk to these kids, they're happy. Tommy Reese is building these relationships just because there's only three guys with offers does not mean that there are three guys. Tommy Reese is recruiting. He's recruiting a lot of quarterbacks. He's building that relationship with a lot of quarterbacks. Then, and then down the road, the offer can be used as sort of a turning point in that recruitment. It's sort of a, a bullet you want to save for later, uh, you know, and, and that's, that's what they're doing. But this isn't a situation where they're, they're all Dante Arch and Malachi and nobody else is being recruited. It's definitely not that case at all. But I can understand why you would be concerned about that because at a lot of other positions, that tends to be the case. So Michael Morris asks, why does it seem Notre Dame wants their quarterbacks to commit early instead of, um, and I'm saying, you know, waiting? I, Michael, I think for me, it's a situation instead of being more patient. For me, Michael, it's about quarterbacks are often not just leaders of your football team, but they're often leaders of your recruiting class. You know, Phil Dracovic was a leader of his recruiting class. Ian Book was a guy that kind of came on a little later, so it's a little harder for him to be that leader. But, you know, Phil committed early so he could lead. Drew Pine committed early. He became a leader of that class, and he could recruit. You know, Tyler Buckner, very similar situation. So 
it's number one, it's about that. But number two is they identify their guy and they just want to get him. And the longer that a guy is uncommitted, the more the easier it is for other schools to get involved. So I think those are really the twofold thing of, of why they have kind of uh, gotten on there. I'm starting to like Collins a lot more after seeing his film. Brandon says that. And me too. Again, raw, but I love, I love his talent. I really love his talent. John A1 says, in modern college football, how many scholarship quarterbacks should be on the roster at one time to compete in the present while developing the future? To me, you want minimum three, maximum four. And the only way I'd go to five is if one of those kids was potentially someone who could move to another position. I, I think it is hard for a quarterback coach to, to coach more than four guys. And it can be challenging with more than three. I think at least three scholarship quarterbacks is a must. And four is really my ideal number, which is why I'm into the one a year thing. That's my preference. Thomas Walsh says, Coach, I know you're a ceiling, not ranking guy. That said, with Notre Dame's problems developing quarterbacks, do you believe Tommy Reese can develop as Kelly could not? We'll find out. I mean, we'll find out. Look, Tommy Reese just coached up a kid that he coached for all but one year. He just coached up a kid that was very limited talent-wise into being a fourth-round draft pick. That's a pretty good resume builder. And if you're Tommy Reese, you're sitting there saying, look, I took a six-foot quarterback that has a decent arm from that, that was from California that we flipped from Washington State. We turned him into the winningest quarterback in Notre Dame history, second all-time in attempts, completions, yards, touchdowns, and he became a fourth-round pick. Hey, Nico, hey, Dante, what could I do with you? I think it's a great selling point. Now, whether or not he can actually then develop those players is a different question. Ryan McCarty asked, did Notre Dame ever pursue Brady Allen, in-state kid but committed to Purdue early and never heard much about him? They pursued him but not to the point where they were going to offer him. And then at some point they backed off and he just was not a guy that they wanted, but he was on their radar early. He had made some visits to campus, but he ultimately was a guy they decided that, that they did not to want. I like Brady Allen. I think that was a really good pickup for Purdue. I'm, I'm okay with Notre Dame not taking him, but I also would have been okay if they did take him. But you know, that's a really, really good, uh, really good pickup for Purdue, in my opinion. Uh, Timothy Sanders says, what receivers do you think Notre Dame gets in this class? Right now, I, I feel good about Notre Dame getting one of C.J. Williams or Tobias Merriweather. Beyond that, I'm not as confident. And, and you know, I I don't know a lot about what's going on with Xavier Bradshaw. We're trying to figure out. He's just not a kid that that talks a lot from a recruiting standpoint. Uh, so, you know, we we got to find out more there. Could we see a situation in which they get both C.J. and Tobias? Certainly, but it's going to be tough. But I, I feel like they'll at least get one of those two guys as of right now. But there's still a lot of a lot of work to be done. Jeff Fluke, my guy, what's happening? Good evening, sir. I can ask tomorrow if you don't want to attack this tonight. Do you think the new transfer portal opens up the opportunity for players to follow coaches if they accept the new job? Absolutely. Now you have to be careful as a coach because you can't. You once you leave, you can't recruit them until they're in the portal. But I certainly think it it uh, it'll it'll you'll you'll see some of that. You'll absolutely see some of that. Chris says, I'm sorry if I've already discussed. I just dropped in. Why the new linebacker offer? Chris, I'm not sure who you're talking about. Do you mind telling me, uh, dropping a note as far as who you're talking about? We've been on the show now for an hour and 42 minutes. I didn't see a new offer. So if you could let me know, I would I would really appreciate that. Uh, Brandon Crims is another vote. I agree. Keep doing this with other positions. Uh, Dylan says, definitely a thumbs up. So looks like... Um, uh, John Klimek, more film review sh for sure. This has been excellent. 
Now, here's a question I have for y'all. When when I do it, do you want me to just dive into the film or do you like what I did at the beginning where I say, hey, these are the traits that you look for when you're watching film to just, because my goal is ultimately to say, you know, the people that, that, that do this with me, I want y'all to be more confident in your ability to go out and watch film. So we watch film together. You look for things that I look for and all that. But if you're not interested in it and you just want my opinion, just let me know. So that, that's that's kind of another question that I would have. Kevin O'Neill, do you project any of these quarterbacks to have a higher ceiling than Buckner? Thanks for the amazing content you and Vince Rock. Appreciate that, Kevin, very, very much. So it's hard for me to say, Kevin, because we never we didn't see Tyler as a sophomore. You know, I mean, we saw him as a freshman playing playing some JV and some varsity, but you know, we didn't really see him blow up till his junior year. These kids are sophomores. Some of these kids to me are more advanced than Tyler was at that age. Yes. Uh, do, are there kids with a higher ceiling than Tyler? I would say they have as high of a ceiling of, as Tyler. And to me, Tyler's a five-star quarterback, upside-wise, ceiling-wise. He's a guy that, to me, has the ceiling of a potential first-round draft pick. He needs a lot of work to get there, but the potential's there. Dante Moore is that guy to me. Arch Manning is that guy to me. Nico is that guy to me. Ricky Collins is that guy to me. Uh, so far. And then some of these other guys, you know, as, as they go into their junior year, if they could have big breakouts – then we could see a similar thing. Ryan Kirby says, does Ricky Collins remind anyone of a slightly smaller Drew Aller? Yeah, I could see that because Drew's also got that real big wind up. He's got that cannon for an arm, but super raw. I, I can definitely see that, Ryan. I think that's a really good comparison. And you know how much I liked Drew Aller. Again, really raw, but tons and tons of talent. And I've always felt if you're going to miss on a quarterback, miss on a guy with elite talent. That That's kind of my thing for sure. John Klimek also in for the more reviews. So this that's good to know. Appreciate that very much, y'all. Jordan, my man, I appreciate this very, 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 very much. Bro Jordan says, brother, I'm concerned about starting two offensive linemen. Freshman on the O-line, talk me straight. I'm, I'm concerned about it too, Jordan. I think the thing that I would say is what makes me feel a little bit better about the situation is that they didn't, they're not starting because they have to. I mean, that's the difference between this and some other years. You look at Blake Fisher, he's starting because he might be their best offensive lineman today. I mean, I have talked to, by now it's up to about seven or eight different sources that have been at spring practices, that have seen this kid in practice. And every single one was like, that dude's a first, that dude's a first round pick. And this is people that are used to seeing elite linemen at Notre Dame. And they're like, he might be there. I've had literally had people tell me he might be their best lineman right now. That's high praise. So when you look at Blake, he's not starting because, uh-oh, who's going to be the tackle? They could have easily moved Jared. Look, when we went into the offseason, before spring practice started, my sources around Notre Dame were like, Jarrett Patterson's going to be the left tackle unless Tosh is ready. That was it. It was not Blake's going to be the guy. And if you remember, Blake started the spring at right tackle. It was, you know, hey, you know, maybe he can get into a rotation. Maybe he wins the right tackle and Josh ends up a guard. The plan at the early on was, was Jarrett Patterson, a left tackle, maybe Tosh or, or, Brent, or Blake at right tackle. But he was so good that they said they moved him to left tackle because it was like, he's our best blocker right now on the outside. So he earned that. I think when you look at Rocco, it's a similar thing. Now, I think Rocco had the advantage of guys like Dylan Gibbons and, and, and Andrew Christophic were being moved from guard to center. Michael Carmody was going from guard to center to tackle. 
whereas Rocco kind of got to settle in in one spot. But here's the deal. Andrew Kristoffik's locked in at guard now, right? If you look at uh, Quinn Carroll is locked in at guard now. If Blake is still starting when we get to September 5th, it's because he beat out older, talented players. Now, there's going to be some growing pains, Patrick, but the fact is, is when you have freshmen that are that talented, that big, and they beat out veteran players who are also talented and highly ranked, it should make you feel a little bit better about this isn't a situation where you're playing a freshman because you, you have to. This is you're playing freshman because they earned it and they were your best players. And again, super, uh, tremendously appreciate that 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 big that big gift, man. I really appreciate your support of the channel, very very much. Let's get back to some more questions. Our right, Omar says, "Break it down, Brian. I'm here for all of it. Any talk all day." Okay, so so far, real positive reviews from y'all. Um, uh, appreciate that, Old Grim. I need to follow quarterback talent more closely. All I remember is my talent in the '60s. <laughs> hey. Quarterback plays quarterback play, baby. Um, Timothy Sanders, will you be doing a basketball show too? I will not, simply because, Timothy, I don't have the expertise to do that. Now, what I could look into doing is try to find some people that that do have that level of expertise. Like for me, I was a college football coach. I played college football. I've been doing this job a long time. I feel like I have a level of expertise to do this, and, and I'm not just a fan out there doing this. So I'm a fan of Notre Dame, but I feel I have a level of expertise. If I were to do a basketball show like this, it would just be as a fan. It would be a you know like a bunch of fans talking ball. If I can maybe find someone who who has an expertise breaking down college film or basketball film, I may get them on and we could do something like this every now and then, but it's not going to be something I'm going to be doing simply because that's not my area of expertise. Dylan Riggins also supports it. Let's see here. All right, so Brandon says this is Brandon's ranking. So Dante Moore, number one, Malachi Nelson, two, Nico, three, Ricky Collins, four, Avery Johnson, five. Yeah, you like Avery. You like that run throw kid. And then Cameron Edge, number six. This is my list after watching film. Didn't include Manning because there's maybe a 2% chance of landing him. I think there's a better chance of landing Arch Manning than there is Malachi Nelson at, at this point in time, if, if I'm being honest with you. Okay, great. Kenny, recently switched jobs, so I'll be able to be way more active like I want to be. Good job. Well, hopefully that's a good a good thing that you sw- that you switch jobs. Hopefully that's going to work out for you, but it's good to know that you're not on those crazy hours you were on before. So really, really glad that you're going to be able to be part of this, man. I've always enjoyed. Kenny has been supporting Irish Breakdown on the website since from the beginning, and, and so he's been a big part of what we do, and I'm glad to get you on this channel as well. So I really appreciate that, buddy. Notre Dame 2164, love doing this tonight. Me too. I appreciate it. Um, Michael Morris, if Pine was 6'2", 220, would he have been a five-star? Not for me, because his arm isn't that of a five-star yet. He's got a lot of talents. He'd be a, he was a top hundred guy for me. If he was 6'2", 220, he'd probably be a top 50 guy, but he wouldn't be a five-star guy. Uh, all right. Ethaniel says, um, how complicated is the Notre Dame offense compared to NFL offenses? Maybe Arch is the only quarterback that could process Brian Kelly's offense. There's something to that, Ethaniel. I, I, I think there's something to that. I, it, it is a complicated NFL type of offense because of how many post-snap adjustments you have to make. And so, yeah, I, I think there's something to that. I, but I would say I think Dante Moore is a really bright quarterback, too. I think he's a guy that could process it, too. But I understand where you're coming from with Arch because of his pedigree and who he's going to be learning the game from. 
Okay, Brandon, thanks uh, for this 2023 quarterback breakdown podcast. Been waiting on this one, had to watch while grocery shopping. Hey, I, hey, you know what? You, you got it done, buddy. I appreciate that very much. Appreciate you uh, uh, you doing part of that. John Gallagher says, did I hear you say you're dropping merch? Thanks for the great show. Yes, we are working on that. Uh, my wife and I had a talk today, and um, uh, we, we she's working on building my e-commerce store. I'm I've ordered all the products that I have now that I want to have part of my store. Uh, I can actually pull it up real quick and show you so far what we have planned uh, so far, the different designs we have planned. What I'm waiting for now, however, is I'm waiting to get the um, the pro. I've ordered sample products from the store. I'm going to show you guys kind of what we have so far. I've ordered sample products, and if they are what I, if they're the good quality and I like them, then we're going to go launch and go live. So here is what we have so far for the merch store. So as you can see, it got, it's a long sleeve cotton shirt, stickers. My wife said I needed stickers. People can put on like mugs and computers and stuff. This is a, um, this is a water bottle. Kind of show you that. That's the mug. You guys have seen the mug, just a polo, a visor. That is a fitted baseball hat, and then this is the the trucker snapback, the two tone trucker snapback, and then that also comes my uh, we have a, a pink version of that too, which looks really sweet uh, for the ladies. Or if you are like pink, my dad wears a pink shirt. So this is so this one just to give you an idea of what this one looks like. I I really like this. We got we got a version of it in, but I didn't like it. It was the, the Irish breakdown was a wrap around, but I didn't like it. My wife redesigned it. So this is what the water bottle looks like. That's the thing to see there. So yeah, and then of course, like I said, of course we're going to have the hats. So that that is what we're going to have right now for the merch store. I have not been able to find anything that had a good hoodie situation, but uh, those are the hats I'm I'm very pleased with. So yeah, we're 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 getting close. So it's not just me saying we're going to do it and there's no work. We're getting close. I just need to get the the products in and make sure that they're good quality because I don't want to sell. A bunch of junk. If y'all are going to be spending your hard-earned money on Irish Breakdown gear, I want it to be quality gear. So I'm buying them. When I get the shirts, I'm going to wash them, see if they fade, see if the print fades, all those type of things. And if they're good, we'll be ready to go. Ryan McCarty says, call-ins have a bad ending. The Friday free-for-all is great for interaction and the family friendliness. So yeah, I have some ideas, but I just, I'm very nervous about that. Because I trust 99.9% of you, but it takes like that one person to just say some real ignorant stuff that could get me in a lot of trouble. And Michael, you would never do that. I get that, buddy. It's just, I can't also then, it's hard, makes it hard to scream. So anyway, Ryan McCarty says, Malachi seemed like a pointless offer to me, got in far too late, and he announces his scheduled commitment just a few hours after he announced the offer. So I agree with you. So I did some digging on this, and the reason they offered him is, Notre Dame is aware of his commitment date. They knew it was going to come this summer. They they know where Oklahoma and USC stand with him. But here's the facts: when 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 they the, the interaction has been there, he talks to them, he reaches out to them. There's been a relationship there, and when that's going on, if if you want to have a shot, you you have to throw the offer out because his situation is different because he is going to commit soon. You can't wait till the summer to offer him. You had to offer him now. So that's why the timing of it. But he listens. They talk. There's a relationship. So it made sense to offer. But at the same time, they're very realistic and they know where they stand with him. Uh, John Climax says, in recruiting, do you think a quarterback commit really gets the ball rolling? Do wide receivers and running backs look out for it? Absolutely. Does it always happen that way? No. 
But it's it, it certainly, I mean, you just go back to Jimmy Clausen. When Jimmy committed, all of a sudden you get Duvall Kamar, you get Armando Allen. You know, you, you I mean, it was a Duvall was, yeah, Duvall was in that class. You got Golden Tate. It ended up being a really, really good offensive class. You look at the class that Tyler Buckner was in. You look at the offensive guys assigned with him. You know, Drew Pine was a big-time recruiter. Don't think that Drew Pine doing what he was doing didn't have a role in Chris Tyree and Michael Mayer and Jordan Johnson and those kind of guys being a part of what Notre Dame did. So, yeah, it certainly, certainly plays a role in that. Is it the end-all, be-all? Nope. But it certainly, certainly uh, plays a, a role. Okay. All right, so y'all like the, the traits thing. Um, learning how to watch film instead of watching just for the sake of it is great. Definitely explain what you're looking for. Okay, I, I like that. Um, let's see here. Let's see, did Corey say who that offer was? Um, okay, yeah, so I know who you're talking about. I think it was, a, was he from Tennessee. I saw an offer out today, but it was a 23 kid, so I see what you're saying. Okay, so we'll intro. So I appreciate the feedback, everybody giving me their feedback again for this one. Uh, Brandon says, I have a terrible feeling that Notre Dame is not going to wait for Merriweather and instead settle for Nicholas Anderson. And now this wide receiver class becomes very uh, underwhelming, especially if they don't snag Williams and Bradshaw. That's my concern too. I'm not going to lie to you. That's my concern too. Uh, I hope that they don't settle for Nicholas Anderson. Wait until he decides what he's going to do. You know, this other guy's going to look, your, your receiving core is good enough now that you don't have to, to rush for a guy. I would have taken Nicholas Anderson in this class if it meant, you know, he was the first commit, but once you took him more in Walker, you then can't take Nicholas Anderson. And, and if you're a team that says we're trying to become a more explosive offense to compete with Bama and Clemson, Ohio state, you can't take a bunch of kids that those schools don't want. That's not how you close the gap. In my opinion, uh, Ryan Kirby says, Merriweather should be a take no matter what. Here's the thing about that one, Ryan is if he does wait late, then and to and to to Brandon's question as well, you're gonna know you're gonna have a much better idea of what your numbers are. They're gonna still stay on him. You stay on him, and then you back off at the end if you don't have numbers. But I would imagine they'll stay on him, and then they'll have a they'll have a much better feel for where he's gonna be. Uh, S says any news on Quinn Carroll's development? He was heralded prospect, and I remember hearing good stuff about him before his knee injury. He is still to me recovering his quickness from that. He looked a little stiff this spring. I'm curious to see if he can gain his flexibility back when you get to the fall. But he looked a little lumbering uh, this spring in the times that we saw him. Uh, Chris B says, what was the issue with Mike Sanford? I thought Kaiser and the offense performed well under him. So Kaiser and the offense performed well in 2015 when Mike Denbrock was running the offense. In 2016, Mike Denbrock was still the offensive coordinator, but Mike Sanford had more control or more say that year, and the offense took a dip. He also was just not a good quarterbacks coach. And you saw it with Kaiser regressed. You saw it when he went to Utah State and Jordan Love regressed. I'd watch some of the drills they were doing, and they were just pointless drills. I had no clue what they were doing. I just was not a big fan of him at all, at all. Okay. Brandon Krim, like the way you explain the show, different side of things. I've learned more watching your shows this past month than years trying to teach myself. Well, then good. I mean, keep we'll keep doing it. I, I love doing that. I really do. Tommy Leonard, any word on Clark's recovery? It's coming along. He was throwing by the end of the camp. I would imagine by fall camp, he's going to be close to 100%, uh, if not fully there. So, But he's, he's coming along. 
Okay, Jordan Schreiber, I like how you talk about traits you look for at the beginning of the show. Okay, so so far it's been it's been unanimous that people are looking for that. So that's that's good to to know. Um, S coach, not sure if you had scouted the twenty eighteen quarterback class, but where would you rank the top three fields, Lawrence and Daniels, in the top twenty three? Okay, so this one is. It, it, I can't as I'm not trying to duck the question. I can't answer it because of those three kids that you mentioned in 18, the only one that I saw as a sophomore was JT Daniels because number one, he was at a Notre Dame camp and he was on Notre Dame's radar. I never saw Justin Fields as a sophomore. Matter of fact, Justin Fields didn't really break out until his junior year. Remember he was originally committed to Penn state and then he had a, a really big junior year and then he fell back. 2018 was a loaded quarterback year. Obviously, Fields and Lawrence, Daniels, Phil Dracovic was in that class. That was a great, great quarterback class. Uh, but the, the thing is, the only two quarterbacks, and you didn't mention one of them, of the three you mentioned, JT was the only one I saw. Of, of all of them, Phil Dracovic and JT were the only ones that I saw uh, as as – you know, as sophomore. So it, it's hard for me to compare guys that were that were sophomores to guys that were juniors, if that makes sense. So uh, it, it's a challenge. But some more quarterbacks from that year, Emory Jones was in that class. I very high on Emory Jones. I thought he was a talented quarterback. I see Justin Fields, Dorian Thompson-Robinson, who is at US, UCLA. I thought he was – I always thought he was overrated, to be completely honest with you. Trevor Lawrence, JT Daniels, Matt Corral at Ole Miss, who's considered a top draft prospect. Uh, Devin Leary from NC State, who's considered a top draft prospect. I love that kid. That kid was a little guy, but he had a bazooka for an arm. Uh, Tyler Shaw, who's going to be starting at Texas Tech, I believe, this year. Michael Penix Jr. was in that class. That was a really, really good quarterback class. That's probably the best quarterback class of the last 10 years, not because you to be a great quarterback class, you need two things. You need number one, you need elite players at the top. I think 23 is going to have that, and 2018 had that, but then you need depth. And 18 had great depth. And I think this class so far had uh had uh great depth as well. Uh Brandon says, I heard Nelson had legit interest in Notre Dame. I'm pretty upset when the offer came that late. It feels like Oklahoma is all but the signature at this point, from what I've heard. That's Basically, what I'm hearing too, but they're 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 battling, and that's all you can ask for is they're battling. Thomas Walsh, hit the like button before y'all leave. Only 48 and over 100 in the podcast. Appreciate y'all doing that. When you're ready to take off, hit the like button. Subscribe to Irish Breakdowns YouTube channel and our podcast, and check out our website. We're getting to the end of the questions. Um, Tracy Tipton, great show as always, Brian. Thank you, Tracy. And already did Thomas uh, already did Thomas loves this show only one I watch I appreciate that very very much says Tracy has already hit the like button y'all need to follow Tracy's lead and also hit the like button so uh, last comment here from Omar uh, I listen to the second Hugh every day while picking up my first grader love the dedication brother I appreciate all y'all I, I I truly do you know we're trying to build a community here and, and I'm so excited that we've been able to do what we've been, what we've done. We've grown so much faster than I thought we were going to grow. Uh, you guys are on board where this is going to be a family. This is our Irish breakdown Notre Dame family. And it's been a lot of fun growing it. I can't wait till Vince is, I don't tell Vince, I said this, but I can't wait till baseball season is over and school is out. So Vince can be part of more shows. I've talked to some former Notre Dame players about coming on the show this summer to talk about, 
their, their time at Notre Dame, but also to kind of look at the current team, trying to work on some things like that, trying to bring on some people to, to give different points of view. I have a friend of mine that, that used to coach college football. He's a defensive guy. We're going to kind of go over the defensive players at some point in time. Uh, he, he has a really great football mind as well. So we're going to try to mix it up and, and have a lot of fun. And I can't wait to have all of y'all be a part of it as well. So um, uh, thank you for being on the show tonight. It went two hours, but it, if it, they fly by. And that's when you know that you're having a lot of fun. So I appreciate everybody being on the show tonight. Have a great day. Uh, we'll talk to you tomorrow. So, so you know, a little over 12 hours, 14 hours. We're going to be back 15 hours now. We're going to be back at it with our Friday free-for-all. We'll talk about whatever you want to talk about. We'll dive into whatever Notre Dame team, Notre Dame recruiting, or college football topics you want to discuss. We can talk about Notre Dame players in the NFL. We can talk about the draft. We can talk about whatever you all want to talk about. So be there for that. Appreciate everybody being with me. Like this show. Subscribe to Irish Breakdown doc, to Irish Breakdown's podcast, please. You can also find us at Facebook on uh, the Notre Dame Irish Breakdown fan group. You can sign up to our Notre Dame newsletter. You can have a link to that is in the description below. You'll have a link to that. You can also uh, find it at the bottom of every article at irishbreakdown.com. So thanks for being with me tonight, and we will talk to you. Yes, so Tracy, it's 1 p.m. So our new deal is every weekday we're doing a show at 1 o'clock p.m. Eastern. We're also going to do a Wednesday night 8 p.m. recruiting show we had to go to Thursday tonight because I had a family, uh, uh, just a, some things came up with family that I had to be a part of last night. So um, that's why we moved it to Thursday. So I'm glad we did because then you could be with us. So everybody have a great day. Enjoy yourselves. Be safe. And we will talk to you again tomorrow. Mother's Day is almost here, and you can get her the most beautiful time-tested gift around. A watch she can wear every day for movement. Whether mom's into classic dress watches, rare and refined ceramics, or tried-and-true bestsellers, movement has something she'll love. And right now, you can save big on the best Mother's Day gift ever with up to 50% off site-wide during movement's Mother's Day sale at MVMT.com. Again, that's up to 50% off at MVMT.com.